Hey there, Tool Time listeners. Before we dive into this week's episode, just wanted to provide a quick update. 24 hours after recording this, Bowman Draft 2023 was officially announced by Tops for December 12th release. Pre-orders start on their website Tuesday, November 14th at 9 a.m., so just after this episode drops. Uh, we do talk a little bit about draft pick debuts in this episode, uh, but from the promotional materials up so far, it looks like Dylan Cruz and Walker Jenkins probably won't be in this release and in Bowman 2024. We are still waiting on a checklist. Otherwise, thanks and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Tool Time, Season 1. Damn, Philly, can you believe it's Episode 10 already? Tool Time brought to you by uh, Card Kings, my main man Mike over here in Tucson. And, uh, of course, I'm your main man, TJ the Yachty Guy. And then I got my main man, Philly the showrunner, Philly the prospect guru. What up, Mr. Phil? What's going on, my man? You know, 10 episodes and as much time as we put in, I think by the end of the season we'll have a full 24 hours of content. So if somebody wants to just do a midnight to midnight binge, man, they're going to be ready. Are you sure we haven't hit that 24 already, bro? I'm not sure, but I know at least with the Bowman draft preview, we're going to go over it probably. So I know one person who does know. Who would have thought? SSK, let me get a measurement on all that, my man. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's get them all. Let's get them all lined up end to end and see what they measure out to. So what's up, my man? What you been doing lately? Uh, you been buying anything, selling anything, trading anything, ripping anything? No, I uh, had a, you know, my birthday a couple of weeks back, took some time off. Uh, so thanks to uh, you and Bobby for kind of uh, switching up the schedule. But no, I mean, it was fun. Got a box of pro debut with the misses. You know, we split the box and opened some stuff. Um, you know, never got to open cards with her before. So that was fun. Um, nothing, nothing crazy, but you know, a good rip, good quality cards. Um, you know, had a little uh, too much bourbon and whatnot to drink uh, on the birthday. And I woke up the next morning to find out that I won an Ethan Salas auto, uh, like a Panini card signed by him. I mean, like, talk about happy birthday. That's right on, man. I mean, 80 bucks for Ethan Salas auto. Panini Prism, was it not? Yeah, Prism. That's nice, man. That's You know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing no, wrong with I that. Mean, it's in good shape, um, you know, so next time we put together a sub, that might be something I send along there and, you know, see how its value spikes up this next year with him, uh, you know, rising up all the boards and being a hot name. Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, you know, picture you had a uh, Julio Rodriguez Panini Prism Auto from, you know, right. say 2019 or something like that. In the grand scheme of things, it's a Panini Prism Auto, but also... It's a Julio Rodriguez. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's exactly. a, there's a lot of different ways you can go with that, but it's a nice way. Again, we talk about first Bowman Chrome and stuff like that, but as you know, man, lately I've been kind of a pro debut debut convert. Totally. Um, and it's a great way to get some beautiful low-numbered cards of some guys that you like for a fraction of the Bowman prices. So Panini Prism totally. is another one kind of falls on that board. and Some good-looking stuff. We'll touch on some other Panini stuff here in a minute. So what have you been up to? 
Man, so well, we had the big. We're recording this on Sunday. On Saturday, uh, we had the big Arizona State card show going on, and I was set to go up there and link up with a couple of the Discord guys. But there's a little bit of a bug running through the house right now, so I uh, I got stuck here making sure that you know I'm able to go to work and do all that other kind of stuff without getting sick. So uh been ripping a bit of pro debut mike over at card kings has had some jumbos i feel like every time i go in there he just pulls another one and sets it up on the shelf so nothing too crazy out of there but a lot of good color jackson churio color kyle did, did you have like an color. ellie out of 50 you hit got a gold ellie out of 50 that just sold this morning on ebay for 35 wow, not terrible thanks. not terrible that's half um, a box right there exactly so Good fun rip, man. I've been picking up Caminero autos, as you've seen. Uh, gold, green, red. Oh, my. Just, you know, every color you could think of. Oh, yeah. uh, junior Caminero market, and we'll talk about this a lot, you know, deeper in the show, but uh, has fallen back down to earth, my man. I mean, we're talking, you know, summertime pricing. So I picked up a Junior Caminero Mojo auto for $79. No kidding. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Three months ago, two months ago, those were $179. Yeah. So um, just, yeah, just p- picking up steals on paper color and stuff like that. I made a big find. So uh, you're going to hear it here first. So I picked up a uh, 2004 Yadier Molina Tops rookie card graded PSA 5. So I have a thing going. I have a little project where I'm going to have. So now I have a 5. I have a six, a seven, and an Love eight, it. and a nine. So I haven't picked up the 10 yet. I'm waiting to you know pull the trigger on that. But now I just need one, two, three, and four. And I'm thinking for the full rainbow, I might just get like an authentic, like you really got to beat the yeah. shit out of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even a one. But uh, found a five and uh, paid 10 bucks for it. it. It was just an auction I was not prepared to lose. So uh, yeah, it's, it's odd. It's fun, but... I'm going to put all 10 of them up on the wall when I get oh, the I love it. run. Um, is that a rainbow or is that a straight flush? You know what? I think it's a straight flush. Yeah, there I think you go. it's a straight flush. So, yeah, I, you know, maybe I'm going to originate that. Yeah, I mean, when you get to the authentic level, I mean, you can grab an in-person auto or something like that and have some fun with that one. And, you know, maybe the card's beat to hell, but it's got a nice signature on it. Who knows? So, yeah, if anybody uh, has a PSA 1, 2, 3, or 4 of a Yachty 2004 Tops paper, uh, I'm buying. I'm buying. So, let me know. Uh, other than that, man, uh, card pricing's down a little bit, man. What are you, yeah. uh, you, you noticing that? Yeah. I mean, season's over. Um, you know, the hype's gone. It's it's football time. It's basketball time. You know, we're all obsessed with Victor Rembanyama and you know, all the other stuff going on out in the sports world. So, you know, nobody cares about the Arizona fall league and the, you know, the, the winter leagues down in the Caribbean. So a little bit of a, a rest for us buyers at least, but yeah, if you're selling, you might not be uh, seeing the numbers you want right now. This is the best time of the year to buy. If, yeah. if, and, and, you know, maybe next year I might just adopt this philosophy where I don't buy any cards from January to October. And I just do all of it because this is crazy. I mean, oh, yeah. stuff at 35, 40% down. And granted, I think there's a lot of external factors. You know, this happens every year. This yeah. isn't, you know, new and, you know, the sky is not falling or anything like that. But in addition to that, you know, there's a lot of non-hobby related, you know, 
uh, factors in play. You got everybody just came back to their student loan payments. Economy's not so phenomenal. Uh, you got a bunch of countries doing a bunch of shit to a bunch of other countries. Everybody's a little uneasy about all of that. It's, uh, it's a good up on the holidays. You got to, you know, save that money for your baby's presents. You know, I mean, that's... no kidding, man. I mean, you got Thanksgiving coming up, family vacations, family trips. You got Christmas yeah. coming up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's just it's it's uh, not a good time to be selling at a premium. So um, but it's a great time to buy. So if you pick your spots and, and you, you know where to jump in, um, you can get some cards that are a fraction of what they were oh, yeah. even just a few months ago. So uh, that's kind of where I'm where I'm living right now is I'm, no, I'm I've been stealing Camineros. Yeah, I've been using it as a good time to kind of fortify up the Harry Ford PC, you know, finding a lot of cool like patch stuff, a couple pro debut like foil colors. I mean, you're talking like dollars for these things, like you can count it on two hands kind of thing. So, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I love it. It's 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 a good opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, along with that, uh, had a big major release here pretty recently, 2023 Bowman Sterling. What are your thoughts on uh, on Sterling? You ripped it. You you uh, looked at it. What do you think? Philly? I've definitely been looking at it. Definitely been tracking some autos on there. Um, you know, I guess kind of like everything else that isn't you know base Bowman or Chrome. A um, little bit more affordable entry price. You know, you're gonna find things like you're you're gonna find Ellie in there. You're gonna find Churio, all those guys. Um, it's it's not the hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know, I mean, and LA auto is still going to run you about two fifty right now since it's a new product, but you know, once it comes down a little bit in a month and draft hits, I mean, it, it might be another entry level thing where if you want to get an auto, you know, if a guy you think is going to really pop, you want to grade it and resell it for a little, you know, less than a Bowman, go for it. This is uh so I've bought Sterling, I bought a hobby box in 2021 20, and 22. Uh, I'm not buying one this year, just based on my past experience. Um, the only card I ever pulled out of so you know Bowman Sterling's fun. So you got five mini boxes inside this big portfolio Ooh. type of looking box, and each box has an auto in it. So you know wow. you're, you're going to pull five autos out of there. Price is a little steep at three fifty, um, mm. and you know depending on your LCS and how they you know they get down, you might be paying three seventy five four hundred <laughs> for that. Um, and the vast majority of the cards are in there are not going to justify that box price. So like you said, lower price autos and stuff like mm-hmm. that, it certainly is a lower entry point regarding singles market. Yes. Um, you, I can go pick up a junior Camonero Bowman Sterling auto right now for about 45, 50 bucks. If I want a Bowman junior Camonero auto, I'm not paying less than 150, you know, um, you know, I guess unless you get a steal on a mojo, right. Uh, <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled. So blessed, yes. yeah. Keep your eyes peeled, gentlemen. They're out there. There's three right now for a hundred dollars or less that are about to end on auction in less than two days with zero bids. Do some work. Ooh. Um, but yeah, the vast majority of those cards don't justify the price. I did pull out <clears throat> of twenty one, I believe, or maybe it was twenty, a triple auto, uh, and I think I've talked about it before with uh, Adley Rushman, right? Yeah, uh, Grayson Rodriguez. And I forget the other guy. Was I'm not even sure on there? Mad. Nah, it was uh, it was somebody else. I think it was I want to say Mancini, but I know I'm wrong okay. about that. In Not either case, I sold it for about a thousand bucks, um, which is nice. You know, I sent it to PSA. It was it was numbered out of ten, so wow. it was it was a slick card. Those triple autos are beautiful. They sell. It's it's uh, a monster hit. 
But your base autos, your junior Camineros, even to a certain extent, your Jackson Churios. Um, so like a Jackson Churio Wave that's at a 125 Redemption Auto sold for 100 bucks. Wow. A, a Corbin Carroll Rookie Auto numbered at a 75, 200 bucks. So you pull the and Rookie of the, the Year, price of the box. Yeah. Yeah. arguably numbered at a 75 on-card auto is 200 bucks. So uh, I would advocate looking for singles of this product. If you got an LCS, sometimes they'll do a cool thing where they'll bust up the, the hobby boxes yeah. and the mini boxes. So, like Mike, you can go get a, a mini box for I think sixty nine bucks or something like okay. that. So Pull one auto, a couple and... base cards. It's fun, but uh, buy singles on that one, guys. That's a that's a I rough mean, entry not, point. Not that we're biased at all, of course, but I mean, at sixty nine bucks, you can buy yourself a box of Pro Debut and have a little bit more fun anyway. So. Well, it's interesting you say that. So I had this is like the the argument for Bowman Sterling is almost a great checklist. It's a mm. phenomenal checklist. It's the same damn checklist as pro yeah. debut. So go get you some pro debut for 25% of the price. It's a, right. Exactly. And then a little an bit easy more. Choice. Yeah. A little bit less of a, you know, kick in the gut when you don't hit it, you know, one out of one Ellie or something like that. So mm-hmm. I can live mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Bowman Sterling fun. Buy your singles. I'd avoid those hobby boxes like the plague. So yeah, I mean, I I probably won't buy either, but maybe a couple of singles of you know the guys I chase after. Um, mm-hmm. But the one that's really caught my eye this last week, and I've been sending you a couple, you know, over the messages, Panini Chronicles. So, I mean, you know, all the caveats of yes, it's Panini, yes, it's unlicensed, but there's some cool shit in there, man. Panini Chronicles is probably my favorite Panini retail product. So, you know, take you back to 2020 when uh, the world was crazy and you it was like see cards, buy cards. It didn't matter what they were. If you wanted to open some cards, you had to get them shits when you seen them on the shelf. Uh, so I bought Chronicles many times and it's it's kind of a mishmash of a bunch of different sets all in the same box. So they've got right. like Mosaic in there, Spectra, Spectra in there. Um, there's several different, you know, sets. I like the pinnacle one. It reminds me of those mid nineties sets, you know, like holding the Tim salmon rookie and you know, all those guys. Absolutely. Uh, lots of relics, lots of numbered stuff, lots of autos. Uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, for retail again, with the caveat that it's panini, et cetera, et cetera. But assuming that that's not a deal breaker for you, this is a fun set to rip. And yeah, those crown autos. Oh, so it's kind yeah. of a die cut in the shape mm-hmm. of a crown. Uh, gorgeous. I got a couple Camineros on my watch list. I think one of them is numbered out of 19 or something strange like that. Yeah. I mean, there's some really, really nice ones. Low number coming out of the front of the line boxes that people are starting to sell off. Um, you know, all your big names are in there. Holiday, Camonero, Ellie. I mean, Churio. And then there's some, you know, a lot more other guys. It's a pretty good checklist. Um Good variety. Ethan Salas has more autos in there. I, mean, I wouldn't mind, you know, landing on a Ethan Salas Crown Royal insert. Um, if you guys haven't seen them yet, yeah, go check them out. They're they're very slick. I mean, they look exactly like the basketball versions. Um, a little bit of you know shine and luster to them. Nice auto on there, and they're cool. That's some Crown Royal last night. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Panini since the move to just prospects and retired players. I kind of like their products more now that they're so prospect heavy because instead of pulling garbage ass, no name rookie autos, I can pull 
some garbage ass no name prospects who might turn into a decent <laughs> you know major leaguer one day. But I mean, I feel like you're hitting more Ethan Salas, Jackson Holiday, Junior Caminero, and less right. like you Patrick know, Mazika uh, and Brandon yeah. Marsh. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And just trash like that. So um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Their recent little switch to that. I've, it makes the Panini stuff a little bit more attractive. Like we're talking about that Salas auto. I, I got a couple of Junior Caminero Prism autos on a watch list. So uh, yeah, you know. One thumb up for Panini Chronicles. <laughs> I like. It. Hey, you know, it's 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 more than we probably would have given it this time last year. So it's an improvement in some ways. Agree, and I think a lot of that again is based off getting all those prospects on that checklist. Yeah. So you know, that's what we like around here, right? That's what exactly. we like. Exactly. So Beautiful. there's one more thing we're kind of waiting for this year, and it sounds like we might have a date. Um, you know, we're still waiting for tops confirmation and pre-release and all the email blasts and everything and the Dutch auction and who knows what else. But it sounds like Bowman Draft is going to drop on Tuesday, December 12th. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. start start saving your pennies. That's a month from today, you know, when we're recording. Uh, TJ, you want to give us the rundown at least of what it looked like last year? So... Uh... You'll get your pre-orders up, and the pre-orders will generally allow you to pre-order either the Super Jumbo or the Jumbo. I believe the Super Jumbo is the five-auto format, and your Jumbo is going to give you three autos. Last year, those Super Jumbos were right at or around six or seven hundred dollars, and that's at uh, it's that's American dollars, or is that like yeah, that that is in U.S. American dollars oh. pre-order. Uh, um. And that very, very quickly sold out. And subsequently, the price spiked. So I think now, man, they're pretty close to nine, maybe over a thousand for that super jumbo. So um, if you're going to do Bowman draft, pre-order a super jumbo or as many of those as you're going to get. And then don't pay any markup on them. If you want a super jumbo, man, pre-order that. And that should be the only time you purchase it. Do it now. Yeah. And then on another note, uh, you know, a lot of guys do sealed wax and hold stuff and things like that. If there was any product I would say buy and hold for years, Bowman draft doesn't yeah. matter. Pick a year. I don't care what year Bowman draft, buy a box and hold it. I, I can almost guarantee you it'll exponentially increase year over year over year until you t- get to some unfathomable, ridiculous number where yeah, I mean, the packs for ridiculous amounts. You make a good point. Like almost any year would work, but even more so this year's, you know, it's supposed to be the epic, you know, greatest draft class in the last 10 years. So, you know, if some of that pans out to be true, you're sitting on something that's going to keep going and going. And, you know, five years from now, if we're all looking for first Wyatt Langford's, you know, an MVP candidate and Paul Skeens, you know, two Cy Youngs, I mean, that's going to go up, man. And just from my perspective, you know, somebody who's, you know, full blown degenerate, uh, you know, I've been buying cards pretty religiously for several years and I could walk into any LCS in my town or in any other town. And I could probably still buy a box of a hobby box of Bowman, you know, the regular springtime release, minimal markup, depending on the year availability is there. Bowman Chrome, overstocked. There's still 2022 Bowman Chrome falling out over the place. And 2023 Bowman Chrome is going to be available for a long, long time as well, because they printed a ton of it. And that checklist is trash. 
Bowman draft dries up really, really, really fast, and then it goes away. And it gets marked up to a point where it's just not feasible to purchase anymore. So my, my again, I'm going to highly advocate pre-order, buy early, and hold it. And hold it. Rip it if you want, whatever. But just get in early and get what you want as quick as you can because it's not going to be available. And when it's still available, it's going to be marked up. No, I, I agree. so bad. I want to chase holiday, but you can't, yeah. you can't do it. No, I mean, even the paper on those are going to be, you know, 10, 15 bucks. I've seen at some of the local stores around here. Yeah. Just ungraded raw paper, Jackson holiday, like 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. You know, right yeah. now. So, I mean, that's, you know, in, in six months, who knows what that's going to be. Um, no, it's one of the few things that I actually get in on breaks, um, just because like you said, it's 700 bucks, you know, for a super, if you can find it at that price. Um, so for me, it, it's definitely a way to pick my spots and, you know, chase the guys I want, um, you know, kind of wait on the single market because yeah, if I pay, you know, for the Orioles last year and, and wind up with four Jackson holidays, you know, I got a refractor, I got a Chrome, I got a couple paper, like that's a pretty good return right there. So, um, that's going to be my experience, I think, with it again, just finding some good spots. And I'm sure we'll break a little on the Discord one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing with draft is, is, you know, like we were talking about, it's kind of that winter of discontent, right? Where pricing's at a minimum. Well, Bowman draft never goes through that because they yeah. drop in the middle of that winter. So they have release hype to carry that product. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it starts to cool off, it's already spring training. Exactly. And a lot of these guys are popping on lists and they're popping in spring training because their kids in your draft get put into your system immediately. They're not playing overseas in the Dominican Republic or any of that other type of shit. They're playing low A or high A ball, maybe double A immediately. So, you know, Jackson Holiday never had a dip for that reason. No. You know what I'm saying? And the only reason Drew Jones had one is because – you know, he's destroyed physically, but you know, the Bowman draft guys uh, do not really get that dip. So, you know, a lot of these guys we're going to talk about in a minute, I think your breaks might be your only chance is what I'm saying is it's a singles market is tough for those guys. So uh, your breaks or your wax is kind of your only chance really to chase guys in Bowman draft. And I always say that, you know, happens to be the case. Yeah. I mean, that's, like I said, that's what I'm looking for. Um, you know, just a couple of thoughts that before we dive in on some names, you know, maybe about tempering expectations a little bit. So statistically speaking, um, only fi- like just shy of 50% of the players drafted in the first round are actually going to make it to the major leagues. Um, you know, even in a loaded draft year like this last year, you're still looking at 10 to 15 guys who aren't even going to make it. Um, it's It's not so much like, pick your guys it's more of just you know kind of be cautious about it and if you get something good you know don't be shy about flipping it if that's your intent because you never know what he's going to turn into a drew jones and you know be made of glass um but on the whole for each draft class you're really only seeing about nine to ten percent accumulate a positive war in the big leagues um you know whether you define that as making it successful um that's kind of what you're looking at you might have a couple guys below that do get some playing time. Sure, it certainly happens. Um, but, you know, one out of every 10 players actually having a positive career, not necessarily the greatest odds. So, you know, if you think you're getting cute with, you know, the fourth and fifth round picks chasing those guys, it might not pan out for you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to, you know, anything else. So, in a, you know, in your rookie class, you've got X number of rookies every year. Maybe a handful of the, those guys pan out, 
an even smaller number of those guys are, you know, significantly impacting their teams. And an even smaller fraction, maybe one guy is an all-star or, right. you know what I mean? And then one every few years is a hall of famer. So, right. um, you know, we and talk we'll about all these 25, 28 years. Maybe. Yeah. And so here's a fun exercise and maybe we should do this on a future episode. We go back the last like 10, 15 years, look at the top 10, 15 draft picks and just laugh at names. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> if you go scan through it, I mean, I can't recall any off the top of my head at the moment, but I mean, it is a, a little bit of a, oh God, what happened to that guy? Oh yeah, God, a, that was a terrible a pick. Who's yeah. who of, of flame outs and busts? You know you what pick, I'm saying? You so, picked that guy before this one? What the hell's the matter with you? Exactly. You know, Randall Gritchick was drafted ahead of Mike <laughs> Trout. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, there, there's always uh, the ability to look back and, and feel smart about it, but um, something to think about historically, it just happens to be the case. So, you know, looking forward, yeah. really be smart about picking your spots. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, another thing I kind of want to put out there for thought, um, we've seen a, like a, almost a record number of players out of the draft classes here, making it to double A or even triple A in the case of Wyatt Langford and Nolan Shonwell we saw up in the big leagues. It's kind of going to be interesting to see what happens early next year if these guys are pushed up to the bigs. Um, if this is just kind of random, like, hey, these guys were really good back in 2020. They were high schoolers. They just didn't want to get drafted at the time. Um, so the skill set's there. Or if this is just a new thing we're seeing now where, you know, teams are rushing their prospects up a little bit faster. You know, the development's a little bit better in, in the youth circuits. So these guys are ready earlier. So it might not be a, a sit on it and wait for call-ups or, you know, sit on it and, you know, wait for your singles as long as it used to be. Um, so it might change the timing a little bit of all this. Yeah, man, all bets are off now. It's just, I mean, I've seen, I've never seen so many people promote, promote it in such a short period of time. Um, There's incentive now for teams. I mean, uh they're kind of figuring out like, hey, if I have this terrible player, at least I have the upside shot of calling up like a Jordan Lawler. He might, you know, really go off, but. And he's causing a bolt. Right. He's, He's no, he's no worse than, you know, the guys I was running out there before, Nick Ahmed or anything. So like, why not give him a shot? And there's multiple, you know, multiple levels to that, too. You're showcasing him for potentially dealing him to another squad. You know, you're giving him lots of reps. So he's developing at the highest level. There's multiple reasons why. And I think, you know, the youth movement is probably something you'll continue to see. Um, I also think maybe COVID played a little bit of a factor and kind of, you know, halted the development, if you will. Maybe held some kids back in college a year longer or, you know, things like that. So maybe we're seeing uh, this kind of crop of those kids kind of spring forward a little bit, yeah. you know what I mean? And, you know, particularly in the Cardinals system, that entire 2020, you know, abbreviated draft class is all, you know, advancing to the majors or has been or will be here in the near right. future. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of held, held their advancement back a little bit, but maybe it's also, you know, created like a lot of fifth-year seniors, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see – you know, this time next year, um, you know, a lot of college bats again in the draft coming up next year that are really high profile. So, you know, is it going to be the same path where, you know, these teams are rushing guys through or is it just going to be, hey, this is a one off. You know, we we have these generational talents. We had five guys worthy of number one. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't sit on them too long. You know, if you see movement and, you know, you see them really kicking ass, they're going to be up there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of college kids uh coming up you want to talk about some of these guys yeah you know let's uh let's stretch out our draft brains a little bit and start getting back into the names and 
Um, you know, I know we're going to do kind of a full team by team breakdown once we get, you know, the checklist for Bowman draft, but might as well start on some names now. All right. So as is our usual style, Philly, you've got the analytics, the numbers, the, you know what I'm saying? The, all the, the ins and outs, the MLB scout takes and all that kind of stuff. And I've just got, you know, some quick hot takes on some of these guys. So how about I throw out a name, you break them down, analyze them for me a little bit, and then I'll give you, you know, my quick thoughts. Alley-oop, baby. Let's do it. All right. So what are you thinking about, you know, Paul Skeenis or Paul Skeens or Paul Skinnis or uh, Pablo Skinnis or, you know, whatever you want to call him. I like that. That's got some vibes going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he. I wouldn't say it was much of a debut. He kind of did the stadium tour um, through the Pirates farm system. You know, this late in the summer, you know, hitting an inning or two at a couple stops, wound up in double A. Um, the first start there, he got hit a little bit, but it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, he's he's still rocking the 97 to 100 mile per hour fastball, um, hit 101 a couple times. So, I mean, he's really bringing the smoke. Uh, yeah. So he pitched 6.2 innings in the minors, 10 strikeouts, you know, pro hitters. It's a good start. Um, I tend to think he's going to start in double A. But it might be a Strasburg thing where, you know, make a couple starts here, make a couple starts at the next level, just get, you know, stretched out a little bit again. And, you know, if the Pirates are doing all right come, you know, late May, I think he'll be up there. Hard to agree with everything you said. i just like to add he has a hot girlfriend. All right, so Colt Emerson, <laughs> uh, a little bit of a homer thing here, but I was reading up on this kid. and Yeah, I, I can see where you're going with this, Philly. So tell me what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, no lie. I mean, obviously, he, he's under he's on my radar because he's a Mariners guy. Uh, this is one of their three first-round picks this last year, uh, one of the high school bats. He was a shortstop. Um, a lot of teams kind of slept on him, and they didn't think he'd fall this far. Had a great debut this year. Um, went into rookie ball for a little bit, tore it up, and then they bumped him up to Modesto. Uh, that team ended up down the stretch going 21-2 uh, and two and winning the league championship because they were so loaded. Uh, this is one of the reasons why this guy had a, a one zero four five OPS, Ooh. just killing it. Um, you know, highest ninetieth percentile exit velo for a high schooler coming out of the draft at one hundred five miles per hour, hitting the ball hard. Um, you know, if they redrafted today, a lot of people are saying like this guy's a top ten talent. He's not necessarily top five yet, um, but you know, he's an even better version of Cole Young. You know, who I also like, um, just a. Great profile infielder, good good ball to bat, projects to have some power, uh, can really stick at shortstop too. So between Young, Emerson, and Feldman Celestine, you know, the Mariners are finding themselves with a good little stockpile of shortstops. Loaded over there. A uh, few numbers that jumped off the page to me. Uh, only 97 at-bats, but he hit 375. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I like my old school stats. Um, and he's only 18 years old, man, so... There's a lot to like there, even if he looks like a 12-year-old kid in the face. Um, so Matt Shaw, I believe he plays for the uh, the Cubs. Your favorite, affiliate. yeah. The, yeah, so the Wrigley Tell me a little bit about this guy that I need to hate in the near future. Oh, yeah, get ready. I mean, uh, he had a fantastic debut as well. Um, end of the season at AA Tennessee. Um, he was a college bat, you know kind of praised for already being ready, having a you know high-level approach. Uh, OPS this year in you know, 38 games, over 1,000, uh, 21 extra base hits, eight home runs, showing the power, showing uh, you know great contact rates. 
Uh, I think the nice thing is, though, you know, the Cubs can be affor- afford to be patient a little bit. I mean, they've got Dansby Swanson. They've got Nico Horner. They could use probably an upgrade at third base. So it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, when he gets up there, where's he going to get his at-bats and playing time. My thoughts are the uh, the Cubs have won uh, one World Series in the last 115 years. <laughs> Eat it. So uh, Kyle Till. Little Red Sox action, another team that I, I just don't like. But I mean, yeah. as is my general custom. So Kyle Teal, yeah. So uh, the Kansas City Royals kind of, I don't, I, you can't say they they screwed up the pick, but they went with a high school catcher Blake Mitchell at number eight. So that allowed Kyle Teal to fall all the way down to Boston. Um, you know, this is a college catcher who's again already at Double A. Um, you know. Not really blocked by anyone in the system. He's already got advanced bat, 60-grade arm, uh, solid defensively. But the athleticism, you know, have has kind of people wondering, like, is this going to be a Dalton Varsho type thing, you know, where maybe he catches two, three games a week, plays a little bit in the outfield, you know, gets a day at DH to get off his uh, knees a little bit. Because he's got 50-grade speed as well. So, you know, what's the best way they can leverage that this year? Um, in 26 games, he hit over 360. You know, I mean, it depends on how he develops defensively, but there's no reason to think, you know, with kind of the lack of catching talent the Boston Red Sox have, why couldn't he be up before the end of 2024? It's, it's interesting. I see a lot of these athletic catching types lately, mm-hmm. right, where they profiled another position, and I feel like everybody's just trying to get that bat first catcher guy to stick yep. somewhere, and they're they're pigeonholing guys. Like you said, Varsho is a wonderful example uh, i think you know another guy we'll touch on in a bit kevin parada is another mm-hmm. one where it's you know he's got some of the catching tools but he's not a for lack of a better word a yadi or molina type where you know yadi was a glove first catcher yes. for like, like a 12 years you know what i'm saying like he was it was all about the glove and i would argue that you know with maybe the exception of shortstop that's your most def, you know your most important position oh, totally defensive mind i mean he's quarterback in the defense back there uh you know in the games i mean yeah it's you it's, got to and they got little microphones and earpieces yeah. and whatever the hell else now but i mean you you still need a, a glove first catcher so um you know he's got a good hit tool he's gonna hit overpower probably got some gappy type of power mm-hmm. you know lots of doubles a really solid profile i like the arm man so you know yeah. then, then then it begs the question do you put him in the outfield and take advantage of that arm and right or something like that? Uh, you know, it, it might be. I mean, I guess it it just depends. You know, do they bring in some free agents over time? Do they hit on a couple other prospects that can play? I mean, even if you leverage him at catcher for three, four years, and then you know, look at you know a switch eventually to get him out of there and spare some of that athleticism. You know, it's a good good problem to have. I guess. I don't really. I guess. I guess until I see it really work, you know, kind of based off what happened with Varsho, I'm not really sold on the two position guy playing catcher until somebody shows me it works. I really, I want my catcher catching every fit, every day. I want my catcher catching every day. Um, none of this DH crap or anything else. Just catcher should catch. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you want to have two or three catchers on the roster that can play everywhere, it's not going to develop you know, the best synergy with your pitchers, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, everybody has their, their two pitchers they always catch for. Um, So I think it's kind of a, 
it, it, it's it's not necessarily a positive yet. Um, you know, teams keep kind of throwing it out there, like you said, and you know, trying it, and it's not really you know doing the thing. I mean, we saw was it Henry Davis move to the outfield straight up for the Pirates because they got Endy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind it. I mean, because he can back up if Endy gets hurt. You know, he can strap on the gear and knows know what it's doing out there. But you know, straight up right fielder, kind of all, all or right. nothing. All right, tell me about Wyatt Langford and Dylan Cruz, two of your favorite guys. Oh, favorites. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing here is because of Langford's debut, I mean, this is like an all-time level debut. The guy made it up to AAA, um, hit all the levels. It's a big enough sample to be excited about him, but I don't know if it necessarily bumps him ahead of Dylan Cruz yet. I think we're just kind of looking at a recency bias to say like, hey, look at these stats. Um, but Cruz skill set's still there. Um, you know, his debut wasn't bad either. It's perfectly normal for a guy that's, you know, been playing all season through the college world series, uh, to get tired at the end. I mean, he made it up to double a, uh, 40, uh, but he slowed down right at double a, he didn't hit too well. Um, you know, he saw a little bit more adjustments on the strike zone that caught him off guard. So, you know, he's going to come back next year refreshed, um, you know, in, in great shape to play a full season. And I, I think Cruz is going to be right back up there with Langford. Um, but I mean, Langford, you know, again, just to kind of run down the numbers, 44 games this year, um, had almost a 1200 OPS, 29 extra base hits again, like 44 games, um, walk to strikeouts. He had 36 walks, 34 strikeouts. I mean, this is, this is incredible for, you know, a guy making his pro debut, uh, 12 steals, but it basically just looked like his college numbers continue, man. Um, so I think both are going to be in the bigs next season. Um, it's just a matter of when, you know, I think the nationals, they got punted out of the top 10 of the draft this year because they drafted so high. Um, so next year, I'm sure if, you know, they think Cruz is ready to chase rookie of the year, they'd love that extra draft pick. And then, you know, Texas, I mean, obviously they're in win now mode. So if, you know, they see that Langford's an upgrade over, you know, Tavares out there, Get him up. He he's can play center field, and he's got a legit bat. Uh, both of those kids are absolute monsters. That is all. All right, so speaking of monsters, tell me about this Walker Jenkins guy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, he's a uh, he's potential superstar for the Twins. Um, you know, they've been looking for, you know, another big franchise-level bat, and they might have him here. Um, high school kid, big old lefty with power, uh, hit three sixty two between rookie and A-ball. All the tools from scouting reports are 60 or better, um, you know, and that might grow to 70 on some of them, like the power, um, the arm. I mean, he's he's a monster, man. He won't be up this year. It's, he's a little young. He's got some developing to do. Um, but, you know, by the time kind of everybody graduates from the 2024 list, you might be looking at him as like a number one prospect for 2025. Um, again, you know, because of what we've seen this last year with guys like Camonero, um, you can't rule out a late season call up, um, but I wouldn't bet on it this year. So 2025, look out for him. Yeah, you talked. So a couple quick thoughts, and you know, you you sent me. So Philly, for those of you who don't know, Philly does a lot of the legwork here. So a lot of the research and stuff like that. He'll send me some show notes, and I'll quickly I'll look up these guys, and so I I pull up Wyatt Lang. Oh my goodness! So a couple things. He's 18, but he looks 32. Mm-hmm. Off top, uh, you mentioned a couple of tools that could potentially be 70 grade. I'd like to add one to the list. Uh, we're looking at another Adolis Garcia grade neck 
Here, we're talking like 70 grade neck on this guy, wherein like the neck muscles from his jaw to his collarbone, it's the same thickness. And that thickness is 70. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's ridiculous. That's, you know, that's, if that's not a good measuring tool, I don't know what is. I mean, I think we should add that to, you know, this is right behind speed. They just should just talk about neck. Uh, oh, totally. And I mean, you know, you know, he's going to, you know, get some bursting veins, you know, in the playoffs if they start throwing at him just like a dollies. I mean, kid's intense. Yeah. He's a gamer, man. He's, he's all about it. Um, he's going to be a superstar. I'd like to see him and, and Garcia go at it like two mm. giraffes. You know what I'm saying? It just, uh, so <laughs> anyway, I think he, he might be a guy, maybe not the guy, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be a guy. Like, yeah. A, I a think serious so guy. Um, you know, it's going to be my detailed baseball vernacular. I mean, they're going to have an interesting outfield in a couple of years, you know, if they hit on him and Emmanuel Rodriguez, um, you know, they're, they're building something good, you know, hopefully Royce Lewis stays healthy and you can see that, you know, the best team possible put forward in Minnesota. I'm, I'm I always root for the twins, a good friend of mine, a twins fan, and we hung out a lot in the early 2000s. And those Johan Santana, Francisco Liriano, Joe Maurer, Justin Morneau, twins uh-huh. teams, just Oh, every year they go to the oh, yeah. Yankees just in the playoffs, man, whether it's the wild card round, divisional round, divisional round or LCS, every year they run into a Yankees buzzsaw, man, that poor, that poor bastard. So uh, <laughs> there is some stuff going on in the prospect world. Guys are actually playing games down here in yeah. Arizona. I think you've been paying attention to that, haven't you? So, yeah, yeah, I've been, been uh, you know, watching some of the streams when I can and checking out the numbers and the reports. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, Decent prospects. I mean, you know, we highlighted it last time we talked. Colson Montgomery is probably the biggest name. Um, it's starting to look like, sound like, you know, health willing. He's going to be the starting shortstop for the White Sox next season. Um, they didn't pick up, you know, Tim Anderson or give him a qualifying offer. That uh, that experiment with Tim Anderson is over. Um, you might see a lot more of the Sox guys traded out. You know, Jimenez, Luis Robert, if the package is right. They're in a rebuild. They're going young. I mean, they're starting over as an organization. So you, you got to think, again, kind of comes down to that rookie of the year possibility. If he's looking good out of spring, maybe he breaks camp with the club. Um, you know, worst case scenario, he might be up in May in the mix for the rookie of the year. The White Sox are going to want those draft picks. Uh, they got a pretty bleak farm system. So any, you know, ticket they can get to kind of hit on something, they're going to take it. Yeah, you're right, man. The, the White Sox are a dumpster fire. They need to burn it down, salt the fields, and start all over, man. Yeah. There's there's a lot wrong with that. And it's crazy because just a couple of years ago, it was so promising. You talk about Eloy, Rob, Robert, a uh, bunch of other bats. Andrew there. Vaughn just, was supposed to be you know, the next big thing. Madrigal, I mean, all these guys. And you had Giolito and Cease. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just, it was stacked until it wasn't. So, yeah, exactly. Um, like you said, man, he, Montgomery's going to play. Oscar Colas going to play. A lot of these kids are going to play, um, which is fun for, you know, a prospector because, uh, you know, you get a chance to see a lot of kids hit the field. And subsequently, some of these vets will get dealt for some other prospects mm-hmm. who will come to Chicago and immediately hit the field. So that would be a team to kind of keep your eye on. They're also going to be absolutely horrible. So they're going to have high draft picks for the next few years. Exactly. Um, you know, bad time to be a White Sox fan, but fun time to be, you know, a prospector. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the last team picked in a break, you know, this time next year anymore, hopefully. I mean, if they're going to restock a little bit. 
Um, you know, everybody's kind of, oh God, I got stuck with the White Sox, but you know, they're, they're going to see brighter days, at least, you know, possibility of brighter days. One can only hope. So tell me about Kevin Parada, because I was pretty high on Parada, and now I'm starting to feel stupid about it. Well, I don't know if it's time to feel stupid yet. Um, his bat is continuing to struggle. You know, he didn't never really impressed. He is supposed to be, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty promising with the bat. He's hitting uh, 186 in 18 games in the fall league. Um, but really the disturbing thing is against, you know, pitchers from high A and double A, he's got a 41% K rate. Um, <laughs> so he's seeing, you know, stuff he should be hitting just fine, but you know, there's a hole in his bat right there. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, back off him a little bit. He's getting run on as well too. So like, I think there was a game a couple weeks ago where he gave up nine steals <sighs> I mean, you know, some of that can be attributed to, you know, the pitcher and not really trying to check the runners. Uh, but at the end of the day, nine steals is still pretty appalling. So we'll see if he can kind of come back. Maybe there's something underlying going on. Um, you never know when LASIK or something like that might help a guy out. But uh, right now, I'm not feeling Parada, man. Yeah, I see. Uh, and, you know, I have nothing to base this off of, but I, I could be mistaken. But one of his cards in the photo, he's in full catchers, Garrett, he's got some glasses on him, some sort. So uh, you might not be too far off on the LASIK. Um, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, man. It's, you know, a catcher with a weak catching profile. So he has to hit to justify it. You know, right. The bat has to carry you because if you're allowing everybody to just commit grand larceny while you're behind the plate, it's not something that's going to last for a long time. Uh, I mean, you remember – People used to steal off John Lester like it was nothing. And I mean, he's right. a pitcher, but ne- nevertheless, the point stands. Um, so, yeah, it's not it's, it's not a good look for him, bro. The catching well, profile you know, was always weak, and now, you know, the totally. bat's not carrying him, so nothing will. Well, and we've seen over the last year with the rule changes, too. I mean, like, stealing is a lot more prominent again in the game. So, you know, it has to be at least, you know, average level, you know, part of his production, being able to hold guys and being able to throw out runners. So if he's offering no defensive value and no offensive value, um, what the hell are you signing up for? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, not to continue to invoke, but he doesn't have to be Yachty or Molina back there, but he can't be like A.J. Pierzynski back there. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, made a stone and yeah. Everybody catching strays today. All right, so uh, back to, you know, some another team that could take some friendly fire. Tell me a little bit more about another Cubs prospect while I sit here and stew in my anger. Mm, yes, uh, Mr. Kevin Alcantara has been uh, performing pretty well in the fall league. Um, still showing a, you know, a good amount of power, you know, playing in Arizona in that light air. You know, that's going to help the ball travel a little bit. So maybe a little help from the environment. Uh, it does have a 34% K rate, better than Parada's, but I don't know if that's you know, something to brag about necessarily. Um, exit velos, he's hitting them over 110, you know, 90th percentile. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, good speed, good tools to play corner outfield. Still just kind of waiting for him to put it together. You know, he's a guy with the, the, the 6'6 long lever profile. You know, if he puts it all together, it could be 30 homers, 30 steals, but still got to see it put together. Um, he saw five games at AA last year to end the season. So he's young. Again, Cubs have time. They have outfielders. He's probably going to be back there for a full year. You got a lot of this uh, tall, lanky, fast, hard 
hitting high exit velo profile guys coming up right mm-hmm. now, right? Um, and with the high K rate, that's really always kind of the kryptonite for those guys. It's, yep. it's you know, it's the uh, Ellie De La Cruz. It's the, who's the kid from the Pirates that came up going nuts? O'Neal oh, Cruz. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's that, you know, I'm 6'5", six, 6'6", six, 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 you know, super Spencer fast from base to base. Guys, yeah. But you're striking out 34, 40% of the time. Um, that's not a good look ultimately. So we'll see how that looks. Also, in conclusion, I would just like to say, uh, I hate the Chicago Cubs. All right, so a um, couple guys from the Cleveland Guardians pro- yeah. uh, farm uh, system. Tell me about Chase DeLauder, guy from 2022, 23 rather, or no, 22, Bowman draft. Yeah, he um, you know had a pretty injury-plagued start to the year, uh, came back, you know, really started putting it together and showing off um, A-ball. The, him and Kyle Manzardo both have really impressed in the fall league this year. Um, you know, Manzardo's finding that swing and that power that had him, you know, so high on list coming into the season. He definitely had a, you know, bad first half. He got injured. Um, but, you know, the last month of this season, he was absolutely raking. Um, Manzardo, you know, DeLauder, they're going to be in the lineup, you know, by midseason next year. I think Manzardo's probably going to be the opening day first baseman. Um, they gave up enough you know, to get him. So I think they want to see what they got at the big league level. And goodness knows, you know, they could use the help offensively. So I looked at DeLauder a lot uh, when draft came out last year because I pulled one of his autos. Super mm-hmm. excited about it. He's a high first round draft pick. Um, man, that guy's broke his foot more than once. Yeah. And foot injuries are really, really scary to me. Um, and he's not an infielder. He's an outfielder. So he's right. out here running around. He's, he needs those feet and speed is part of his profile. Um, for that reason and that reason alone, I'm scared of Manzardo or uh, rather, and I'm staying away. Uh, as yeah. far as Manzardo, what was, what was that? No, I was going to say, I mean, the tools are there when healthy. It's just that, you know, so far in his pro career and even a little bit in college, you know, hasn't been consistently healthy. So, you know, if you can see it for a year or two, like, it's a little easier to get excited about. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he broke the foot in college and then came to the minor leagues and immediately broke it again. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? In the same foot. So that's scary. Uh, regarding Manzardo, um, you know, the Indians got the Guardians, my apologies, got him from the Rays. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, we already know what happened the last time the Guardians and the Rays made a trade and Junior Caminero mm-hmm. ended up being a, a Tampa Bay uh, Devil Ray, let's go ahead and dead name all the teams at the same time. Um, he's got a 20 home run profile, in my opinion. Yeah. But he hits about 230 and he strikes out about as much as he walks. Eh. I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not I think, excited. Yeah. The, the move out of, you know, Tampa, it's a little easier to get excited about him in that Tampa lineup. Um, you know, moving over to the Guardians. Yeah. He's, again, he's probably going to be up next year, but. You know, we're not necessarily expecting, you know, Freddie Freeman stats or anything to that caliber. Um, mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. he's going to be a starter and, you know, it'll be somewhere from 230 to 280, depending on how, you know, he adjusts and how his approach is. And yeah, he's going to run into 20 home runs and, you know, have a gamer here that's really good. But yeah, temper expectations. Yeah, probably a replacement level player at the end of the day. Totally, totally. Right. Um, yeah. So what do you think? Take a little break and come back and talk some numbers. 
Yeah, what you got for us for music this week, Philly? Yeah, I got a band out of Seattle. Um, know these guys. Uh, one of them in the band's been helping me kind of get my bass knowledge up, you know, learning to play a little bit more. Uh, they are called PR for Monsters. Um, if you're in the Seattle area, they got a show this coming Thursday, November 16th at the Tractor. Um, good mix of 70s like funk, prog, blues, rock. Um, they really get down with it. Uh, find them on Spotify, on Bandcap, and we'll throw the uh, link in the episode description. So let's hear it. Let's hear it.
That was good stuff, Philly, as always, my man. I love a little a little break in the action. It's always a good time. Always. I mean, you know, we, we can't talk forever. We gotta we gotta let somebody else have the mic, right? And that's good sounds too, by the way. I like the I like the vibe. That's that's kind of my style. Every you know what I'm saying? I like that. Not a little less death metally than usual, yeah. Yeah, usually, you know, because admittedly, I listen to the podcast. You know, sometimes it takes me two days to get through an episode, <laughs> depending on what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm sitting at a stoplight and you say, hey, we're going to take a music break and it'll come back on. And, you know, the, the guy in the car next to me will glance over like, man, that guy, stay away from him. It sounds like I'm on my way to go rip somebody's face off. <laughs> no kidding. Right. You know, it's... Uh... It's great having those guys on, but man, that that music will wake you up if you're uh, if you're not paying attention or you're just trying to relax there. Certainly gets the blood pumping, that's for sure. All right, so you want to talk about some of these uh, guys had a bulb in Chrome a little bit? Yeah, you know we're uh, a couple of months into Chrome and kind of starting to see where the prices are settling on some of these guys, if they are at all. Um, so maybe some names to kind of look at. Curious. Uh, so, TJ, what kind of trajectory are you looking at with like Ethan Salas? I know off the bat, I mean, even just a Chrome base, no auto was like fifty bucks really this week. Yeah, it was it was absolutely nuts. So, what I did was I went and looked back. Uh, you know, one thirty point dot com and eBay only go back so far in terms of you know sales history, right? Um, so, we're looking at pricing from late September, early October. Baseball season still going on. There's still a little bit of hype. Uh, Bowman Chrome is still, you know, a pretty relatively recent release. And uh, Ethan Salas, his first Bowman Chrome autos, these are all base, right? We're not talking any parallels. We're not talking graded at all. Just right. a base first Bowman Chrome auto. Uh, September 22nd would cost you $350. Hmm. As of this morning, you can get one for $175. Oh, so, go. I mean, we're talking a 50% drop yeah. just from September to today. So this goes back to the point I was making in the beginning when I was talking about now's the time to buy some stuff. Man, I mean, you're buying it for 50%. And, you know, around release time, that was a $500 card, man. That was that was a $500 card with, with almost no hesitation. Um, another big guy uh, from that set, uh, Feldman Celestine uh, oh, yeah, my guy. from the Mariners. Now, this is a card I happen to be holding presently, and I'll tell you a funny little story about that in just a second. But uh, about $150, $175 card around release, late September, it's a $130 card. Okay, As of today, it's an $81 card. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, nice time to pick one up, yeah. right? It's not a nice time for me to sell the one I have. So, I'm just it, – it's priced – and I'm going to be totally transparent. It's priced at $200 or best offer, right? Um, my number is 150 on that card. What's my justification for that? F you, that's my justification. <laughs> my number on that is 150. I think the kid's going to be a stud, and I think it's going to be a valuable card when he does, you know, show us something to be able to gauge him on, and he starts hitting prospect lists. Totally. With I mean, that said, it's an $81 card today. That's yeah, that's quite a drop. I mean, I I might even look into that myself. Um, you know, the nice thing is as much as we don't want to judge looks off of like batting practice clips, um, you know, he's getting a lot of action in the, the fall instructs, you know, he's healthy again. Um, he's come stateside. So chances are, we're going to see him, you know, if they don't start him in the complex league next year, you know, there's an outside shot. He could start in low a, um, but he's going to go up. 
Yeah, and I, I like I like the pro. You know, we just got done talking about these long, lanky kids that smack mm-hmm. the ball over the place and steal a bunch of bases. So hopefully, he doesn't strike out at a clip to wash that out. All right, who's next, Philly? Yeah, so um, the Giants. You know, we got a we got a nice little Giants prospect on here, Rainer Arias. Um, you know, this is the guy that tore up the Dominican Summer League before he got hurt. Um, you know, we saw was a over 400 batting average showing the power um, coaches kids. So he's got the, you know, the pedigree that the really built in baseball gamer lifer going on. Um, so hoping for big things from this guy. And around release time, you're talking about 225, 250 for his base firm uh, base first Bowman Chrome auto uh, late September, about 150. So a nice little drop uh, yeah. right now. It's a $50 card. Jeez, wow. As we're sitting here talking today. So, you know, you can go and get you a Felman Celestine first Bowman Chrome Auto and an Arias and a Solace for less than the price of a hobby box. Yeah. In addition to that, for less than what a Solace Auto cost a month ago. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's insane math when you put it that way. I mean, sorry to the card shops for kind of uh, killing your sale, but. I think I'm going to take that over a box any day. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that that checklist is trash. It's trash. Yeah. You're you you'd be blessed to pull any one of these guys that we've mentioned so far because right. these are. Let's be clear before we go any further down this list. There's nobody else in this checklist that I want to pull. <laughs> Philly, this is it. After this, no, I'm, I'm upset. I mean, it, for me, it turned into like what cards in the World Baseball Classic set can I get? You know, everything's you know a numbered refractor or better. So. You know, I can get Japanese guys. I can get, you know, a cool low number Harry Ford, a cool low number Julio. Yeah. And then, you know, these six, seven prospects. So that's it. There's nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, uh, you know, as we as we've been kind of the theme of today's buy some singles potentially. All right. Who's next? Yeah. So uh, Yankees outfielder, you know, we threw the the Gary Sheffield dangerous comp, you know, on this guy. But Brando Maia, um, you know, power, speed, potential. Great start to the year. Looking forward to big things next year. What do you got for us? Real quick on that. That's a beautiful uh, reminder. Did you see Gary Sheffield's son hit a walk-off the other night? So I saw it on Instagram. But here's my favorite thing in the world, and I don't know if we've mentioned this yet. His batting stance is his pop's batting stance. He's standing there flipping that bat around like he's swatting flies away from his head while he's waiting for the pitch. Uh, I'm enamored. I can't wait for him. I, I tried so hard to get that stance, I think, at one point, you know, when I was 11 years old. And I think it's only going to be successful if you got the genes in there, man. And, yeah, he's looking good. Oh, I love it. You know Pops was just teaching him. Nah, son, mm-hmm. son, you got to move the bat around like so. All the right way. All the and it's a, whatever it is, I love it. So back to Brando Maia. Key, key thing to look for here. On his card, his name is Brandon. It's not Brando. So if you're searching for Brando Maia, search both. Search mm-hmm. for Brandon and search for Brando because there's the people that don't know anything about anything and they look at the card and they see it and, they, and then there's the other people. So like Philly, if you pull that card, you might be inclined to list him as Brando because you happen to know that that's his name. So search both. Uh, release day, you know, that's a $200, $225 card. He's a Yankees prospect. He hits home runs. Enough said. Uh, late September, about 120. So, you know, a little bit of a drop. Uh, Latest sale on that card is 50 bucks. Ooh. 
man. It's, it's so, I mean, as you yeah. know, continuing with the theme and it's across the board. So that's the release hype drying up. That's the, you know, the particular time of the year that it is right now to buy and sell cards, just being the case. Yeah. And that's some of that prospect hype drying up too, because these guys aren't playing a lot of games. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, they're off the radar now and you know everybody's looking forward to draft. And like we said at the top of the show, I mean, other sports are taking over. Who wants yeah. to talk about, you know, Joe Andrew Vargas other than us? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Joe Andre Vargas is another one. So uh, he was around 175, 200 around release. Uh, we're talking about a Dodgers prospect, right? Yeah. 125 in early October. I think around October 4th, he had a sale for 125. Uh, latest sale of that card. There's two or three in the last couple of days ranging from 60 to 65 bucks. Okay. I mean, higher than some of the other, but, you know, still substantially lower than you know that initial run pretty much all of these guys is a minimum 50 percent drop wow from sept late september early october to today and that drop from september from release rather to september is probably another 50 percent. so most of these cards are worth 10 20 30 percent what they were when the cards came out craziness Absolutely. craziness you know, and, and the next guy on the list, I've been watching a little bit. It hasn't dropped far enough to my liking, but I get why. And that's uh, Samuel Basayo, you know, the catching prospect, maybe first base for the Orioles. Dude mashed this last year, um, you know, kind of had that 19-year-old double-A tearing it up. Doesn't look completely overmatched at all. If anything, he's overmatching the pitchers. So, yeah, I mean, he was looking like, yeah. And you know what? To, to your point, uh, about $110, $120 card around release, about 155 in September. He had a little bit of a spike. Mm -hmm. And today he's right around 90 to 100 bucks. So yep. not a huge drop. But again, you know, there's not one guy on this list with the exception of Salas that you can't go get for less than $99 at this point in time. Um, so stop buying that damn wax. Bowman Chrome <laughs> is horrible this year. I feel like I've misled you guys by telling you to buy that product at any point in time i mean Keep if you did and you hit one of these names and you sold early and you know that that's another thing in your defense you did advocate for i mean sell early you know if you get something big um don't wait on it you know i think probably wise for you to to grade the celestin at this point you know mm -hmm. the price is down so much i mean why not just get it slabbed up um watch the price go up as he you know climbs the system and you know actually get some stats and games under his belt um, yeah. I was hesitant because it has some pretty heavy print lines, but I've recently learned that PSA is pretty forgiving when it comes to print lines, my man. So I had no less than four cards gem that I expected nines or worse on oh, wow. because of print lines. I mean, that Jordan Walker rookie chrome auto, that shit had no business getting a 10. It's got lines all up and down the goddamn thing. Right. It looks terrible. It looks like somebody drove a car over it. Got a 10. Uh, a couple of that junior uh, Caminero first Bowman Chrome Refractor. That's another one, bro. This has no business being a yeah. 10. Check out my eBay store, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Great advertisement brought to you by. Oh, all right. We got one more, and I like this guy. So, Sebastian Walcott. What are your thoughts on Mr. Walcott? I know. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's kind of one of the first names this year that really just set you know the prospect world on fire. Um wasn't great in the uh, summer league, but they bumped him up over to the complex league in Arizona. Dude hit, you know, six, seven home runs first couple of weeks out of the gate. Slowed down a little bit. Um, 
but really showing off the tools, you know, could be, could be a big time stud, um, you know, could be a big time flame out too. I mean, it's kind of a matter of which half of the season do you believe, you know, the struggles in the Dominican, you know, the slowing down in the complex, or do you think it's that hot start? Um, could be both. So this is interesting. So he has no auto in the set. Um, so I would venture to guess he'll have his first auto in Bowman draft, but it won't have the first on it. So this will be one of those guys that he does not have a first Bowman Chrome auto. Um, it happens. Mason Wynn is another example. He just ain't got it, bro. It's, yeah. it's, it's not a thing. And it's fun because then it puts a premium on his rookie auto, right? Because that's going to be his first big major uh, autograph. In either case, so when I was comping him, uh, I went for the true blue chrome out of 150. Ooh, nice. It's a limited run. It's uh, you know, one of the, I like to call them the primary colors, like the mm-hmm. original refractors, the OG colors before yeah, they started putting yeah. waves and speckles and, and diamonds and everything. Uh, so anyway, true blue 150. Uh, early October is about 111 bucks, yeah. anywhere from 111, 120. Uh, today, most recent sale, $76. So Walcott's kind of more in that Basayo territory than in the Maya Arias, Celestin, Salas territory where there was a precipitous drop. Um, so yeah, Walcott, you know, he's still got some hype and uh, he's still holding some value. Well, and I think, I don't know, I mean, I'd have to get inside everybody's head out there, but it's kind of curious you know, he has no auto. So does that put a premium on, you know, the numbered cards and the parallels like you're talking about? I Absolutely. Mean, Cause you, he's you, got you, way less hits. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's solid. Um, you know, I got a shimmer. I love it. Um, I got, you know, shimmer parallels of all these guys. Um, and that's kind of, you know, my way to do it, you know, but with some of the numbers you're dropping, man, I mean, I might go after a couple and just, you know, get the auto and grade it up and see what happens. Yeah, the only guy I'm holding on this list is Celestin. Um, other than that, I literally have not one card of any significance of any of these guys, but I haven't bought much Bowman Chrome, man. I haven't bought any hobbies at all. I've probably bought four or five mega boxes. So, you know, I'm pretty limited to just having a few uh, mojos. You know, I pulled a couple mm-hmm. autos, but I don't even have any significant color from Bowman Chrome. I put all of that that I typically allocate back into junior Caminero. So I'm yeah. just getting more and more JC. Uh, that's my move. Um, yeah. So I mean, speaking for, of Bowman, guys Chrome, like me trying to get, you know, a little bit of everybody. I mean, it might be time to feast come December, January, you know, on those, those cards when everything's down even more. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, and I would venture to guess, you know, we're not looking at the basement on, on a no. lot of these numbers, bro. Um, when Bowman draft drops, Everybody buying a lot of these guys is going to start buying those guys in Bowman draft. And then it's Christmas time and then it's tax time. So uh, you'll see some you'll see some where uh, some spots here where you could jump in and get in. Uh, I did not buy a lot of Bowman Chrome this year, but, bro, I bought a hell of a lot of Bowman Chrome last year. So, yeah, we uh, had something with it. I think you and I made some trades through Reddit and, you know, had had a good time sending off stuff to get graded too. bro. I, I still have every single one of those STC slabs damn near. So the fun thing is, is there's not a guy on this list that I haven't paid attention to, bought, sold, or held a card of at some point in time. So let's run through them. Tell me about Roderick Arias. Yeah. uh, Big, glorious Yankees shortstop prospect. Um, Had a great 
debut in rookie ball this year. Um, did have an injury to shorten the season. Uh, guy hit, you know, 928 OPS, 17 steals, a one-to-one walk to K rate. So, I mean, he, you know, he's solid, man. Um, you know, they're expecting big things out of him, and so far he hasn't disappointed. Uh, you got to think he's going to start next year in A ball. Um, you know, long-term, where does he end up? You know, they got Volpe, who uh, bribed enough people to get a gold glove. So, you know, apparently mm-hmm. he's going to take it short. Um, so, you know, maybe Arias moves over to third, second, who knows. Um, but, you know, he's a couple of years away, but off to a good start. I like Arias. He's another one of those guys where, you know, there's a few of them, and there's actually another one coming up here in just a second, where when they were in their international signing class, their team pretty much allocated their entire pool to that one guy. Yeah. I think Arias, they cashed him out like five mil or something like that. Yeah. Some ungodly number. Um that's a guy who, because of the injury, saw his values drop a lot. We're talking this was a $200 card. And as is my usual custom, I got your first Bowman Chrome Auto pricing. Right now, it's about 54 bucks for an Arius. Um, I'm sitting on a first Bowman Chrome Auto of his in a SGC 9.5. Hey, I know the um, guy that pulled that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hey, it graded pretty well. Yeah. And to kind of go back to my earlier point, you know, I have a number on that card, too. My number is $225. I have zero justification on that. It's sitting on eBay at that price. You can buy it at that price or you can just continue scrolling on down the page, my man, and I mean, buy somebody else shit because that's where it's going to be. A high-end Yankees prospect shortstop. I mean, yeah, you, even right now. Don't give that away. You know, if you got one, don't sell for God's sake. I'm not. I absolutely (laughs) refuse. I absolutely refuse. I did sell a first Bowman Chrome purple auto of this next guy for Mm. $95 about four months ago. So tell me about him and then uh, we'll talk about if I did a good job or not. I think he might be happy. Um, The next guy, Mason Auer, um, he was kind of one of the Tampa Bay prospects that had a little bit of hype on last year's release. Um, you know, college bat, 22 years old. He was in double A this year and man, it was not great. Um, hit 205, 184 strikeouts. Um, one thing he had going for him, you know, 47 steals when he got on base. So, I mean, what are you talking here? Like a pinch runner feature. Um, so he's got some things to iron out, probably going to, you know, repeat double A next year just because like they need to see something improved or he's going to, you know, be out of there before long. Isn't that that kid that came from Australia or something like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it's uh, it's Mead. Oh yeah, that's Mead. I still have a Mead. No, I sold that too. Yeah, I'm trying to get off from under. I got way too much stuff. Um, with our, uh, yeah, man, uh, like you said, he he has some hype, and so I sold. I think I sold that purple for close to a hundred bucks. His base is selling for ten dollars right now, man. Yeah. Um, you know, the fall has been fast and hard, and and you know. 22 years old is by no means, you know, old. If I could switch places with a 22 year old right now, we might have to have a conversation, but you know, in terms of prospects and development, that's when you're starting to get to that. All right. Are we going to, you know, sit down or get out of the, get out of the pot type of situation? You know what I'm saying? You got to figure out what's happening with this guy and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's starting to profile as a guy that might just be, you know, a triple A org guy for, you know, years on end. Um, that bat's got to come around a little bit better. Some better contact to go anywhere, though. I mean, it's that was nasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about another one of those where they emptied the vault to yeah, pull this guy yeah. into the Nationals organization. Uh, this guy, I think, you know, if you ripped Bowman Chrome last year, you know the name. And that's Christian Valcaro. Um, 19 years old. 
we got up to a ball this year for 16 games. Um, that in itself wasn't, you know, particularly impressive. Um, but he did hit well in rookie ball before that. Um, this guy is, you know, up to the number eight Nats prospect on most people's ranking. Um, next year is going to be back in a ball, really showing solid hit tool, great speed. I'm still kind of waiting for the, the line drive power to turn into, you know, over the fence power, but again, 19 years old, um, you know, Washington obviously is in no rush to win and get guys up. They've got a long rebuild ahead of them. Um, so, you know, two, three years from now, you might be seeing him knock on the door, but off to a good start. Yeah, definitely. He was the guy in that product when it came out. He was the chase guy. He was the one everybody was talking about. Um, his cards were selling for as much as 225 250 for the uh, base first Bowman Chrome model. And I happen to have one uh, pack pulled, by the way. Nice. I uh, was very pumped about that because, as I mentioned, uh, I am a full degenerate. And I probably, I don't think my wife listens to this anymore. Man, I probably spent between 3500 and five grand on Bowman Chrome last year just in hobby and, and HTA. It was it was stupid. Yeah. And that sounds like a lot, but it really, it's like 10 hobby boxes, bro. It's not that crazy. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's not even a case yet. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. And over the course of a summer, you know what I'm saying? Box here, HTA there. Hey, I got a bonus, whatever. But anyway, um, so he was, you know, he was pretty pricey. Uh, August, he was selling for about 75 bucks. He's selling for $30 right now. And, and, you know, there is a steal opportunity there. And I still have that uh, base auto, but it's got some, again, with the surface issues, uh, I might need to clean these up and get them all sent in. So uh, I like Vaccaro. Two thumbs up from me. Yeah, I mean, definitely worth a flyer at that price, man. That's, uh, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, absolutely. So... As far as I know, you know a little bit about this next guy. You ever? Well, maybe you do. I don't know. You ever heard of Samuel Zavala? Yeah, man. I'm. I'm. Uh, this is one of my two major L's, seemingly from 2022 Bowman Chrome. I think Zavala still has time to turn it around. The other guy, I'm pretty sure I'm. I've, I'm taking the L on that. But uh, yeah, so I mean, tell me know, about him, and then I'll tell you how bad I've lost. Rest, rest in peace, Eric Hernandez. Not literally, but you know, at least his career and his skill set. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, have you heard anything about Hernandez? Is he even like he's not even a guy? He's I, I looked again to see if anything changed because I think we talked about it a couple episodes back how bad the K rate was, and I think it went from fifty one to forty eight percent. Hey, all right, man. I mean, let's be let's be optimistic. Hey, you know, and improvements are still improvements, right? Even mm-hmm. if they're you know just little. Um, but Zavala, you know, he's actually made good progress. He had a strong season in A ball. There's still a little bit of, you know, swing and miss going on there. He's got the big, like, raw power. It's just a matter of cha- translating it into game power. Um, in A-ball, 871 OPS, solid. Um, overmatched a bit at high A. Four hits and 51 at-bats. You know, whether that's exhausted, whether that's overmatched. You know, we talked a lot about how the Padres were uber-aggressive with promotions at one point. You know, bumping Salas to double, Lesko snelling all these guys. Um, you know, maybe just kind of a, a save my job type maneuver. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, he performed well in A ball, not so much in high A. He's going to be back in high A next year, uh, have a full season to kind of figure it out. Um, but, you know, a lot of scouts are saying, like, what is he? Um, you know, is he going to keep the swing and miss and really just start selling out for power? You know, be a corner outfielder? He could. Um, you know, or are you thinking, you know, maybe tighten it up a little bit and go for that, you know, 20, 30 power speed type combo. Um, he's also got a good hit tool 
it's just a matter of he needs to, you know, cut down on the case. So could he just be a high contact, high on base, great discipline, you know, steal 30 bags, then maybe run into 15 homers. It's, he kind of needs to pick a little bit of a lane with, you know, all his potential, but he's young. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, and that's, I'm encouraged by his youth. You know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's younger than his average, you know, oh, yeah. competitor at, at, at his uh, level of development. But I am concerned because one of his major calling cards was his patient and his patience and his, you know, he's going to take his walks and he doesn't swing at a bunch of stuff he's not supposed to. So even when, you know, he's not hitting for power, his his on base percentage right. should still kind of justify that. So, you know, as you are well aware, I went pretty heavy on Savala. Um, so currently I'm sitting on uh, his Megabox Chrome Orange Refractor out of 25 uh, PSA 8. Uh, his pro, his Aqua at a 125 PSA eight, a couple Sapphire PSA nines, a Sapphire PSA ten, a purple 250 PSA nine. I got a green auto 99 and an SGC 9.5. I've got four Mojo autos, an oh eight, my. an 8.5, a nine, and a ten. Um, a Shimmer a SGC ten, um, and then several raw Bowman's best. Uh, bro, I've I've got a lot of Zavala, bro. Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you take out, you know, the high A sample and you, you don't get to do that because it actually happened and, you know, it is what it is. But you take out those 51 at bats before maybe he was ready. It's a good year, um, you know, and you're not disappointed and you're still holding on to those cards and, you know, waiting for him to go up. Um, you know, the Padres are developing guys. They're, they're going to be aggressive. So hopefully he, you know, meets the challenge next year. You know, if he doesn't, you know, then it might be time to reevaluate come, you know, June, July, how you feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. So at this, you know, my my strategy with that, you know, for those of you who may be in a similar strategy with one of these other guys we've talked about is I'm not doing a damn thing until people start playing baseball again. And the calendar says it's 2024 regarding sales. Um, I'll list the cards and I'll list them at the price that I'm comfortable selling them for. But it's not going to be what comps are currently. You know, I had a guy message me about. Uh, one of the cards I have for sale. And he said, uh, would you, oh, it's a Hector Rodriguez first Bowman Chrome Speckle Auto out of 299 And it's comped as high as 250 275 um, So I have it listed for 350 or best offer, which is fair. It's a low pop. It's a beautiful card. It's a pretty, uh, you know, he's pretty early in his development. We don't have a lot about Hector Rodriguez. Anyway, the guy messages me very politely. He goes, hey, would you be willing to, you know, match recent sales on this card? And I looked really quickly and, you know, one of them sold for 110, one sold for 120. And I messaged him back and I said, yeah, I'm sorry, man, but no, uh, I'm not doing that. I said, it's, it's the worst time in the world to be selling cards right now. It's just, you know, summertime or wintertime lull. Um, I said, I'm comfortable holding it at this price and just never selling it or, you know, waiting until it, you know, the market changes. So uh, don't be in a hurry to just unload stuff just because you hear some bad news about a guy or something else. Yeah. Be a I little mean, bit more patient. You know, one of the important things to remember is prospect development, as much as we wish it was, you know, a straight line and, you know, guys keep getting better and better. It's not linear. Um, you know, guys are going to have, you know, off stretches. They're going to have bad seasons and bounce back. Um, you know, it, it's always up to you when you have a collection like that. Is it worth the risk to keep holding? Sure. Um, you know, speaking about Hector Rodriguez, though, I mean, that's one I saw, too, during the season where it's like, OK, he's putting up some numbers. You know, he's a, a red prospect. Um, somebody's, you know, got potential there. So, yeah, mm -hmm. free for holding, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not I'm not letting go of that. But here's a guy everybody should have let go of. So tell me about uh, 
Yasser Mercedes. A year ago, um, you know, you would have thought this guy is going to be an all-star within two years. Um, so Yasser Mercedes, he had a ton of hype coming out of the summer league last year, just tore it up. Um, brought him stateside this year. He had 196 in 25 games in rookie ball. Um, you know, so none, none of the tools he flashed. Power, speed, hit tool, anything. None of it really stuck. So it's kind of what do they do with him next year? Um, do they run him back through rookie ball and instructs, you know, for the first half of the year? And if he's showing improvement, you know, maybe they can get him up to, to A ball. Um, he's, he's shown the tools, you know, in the DSL in one season. But, you know, sometimes we, we get, um, you know, we get caught up in the fact that, like, these guys have a great season in the DSL. And we overlook some stuff and all of a sudden they're overhyped and it's not really there. You know, you know what I think? And this is going to be a very, very simple, but maybe controversial take. I think that he got hyped because he has a cool name. <laughs> I think the vast majority of that hype is, you know, if his name was Yasser Gonzalez, I'm not sure that he would have gotten nearly the hype. You know what I mean? Or Oscar Gonzalez for that matter. It's, uh, it's just kind of part of the deal. Like, even with Jason Dominguez, he spells his name with two S's. So it's, you know, it's special. It's different. So I, I don't know, man. It's it's a hot take, but in either case, and I think that kind of plays along with, you know, you talk about the Acunas and you know what I'm saying? And we was, oh, he's this person's cousin. And it's, it's, right. it's a little bit further away than, you know, when you talk about like a Vlad Jr. or Gary Sheffield Jr. Or Jackson Holiday where, you know, true bloodlines were. In a lot of these cases where it's like Elijah Tatis, it's like, oh, he's Fernando Tatis is a second. It's like, come on, man. We, did he give birth to the kid? What are we talking about here? Part, part so, of my uh, signing deal is you give my brother a contract. Uh, yeah, I, don't care how he does. He, I wanted to play ball for at least a month. And you know what I mean? I'm sure that that type of shit happens on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that type of shit, tell me about Jason Churio. So this type of shit actually might pay off. Um Jason Churio, I think he's got a big brother. You know, we've talked about it a little bit. You got a nice card of his, Jackson Churio. Don't make me reach into the slap box. I no. will do it. I will. I mean, do I, it. I do love looking at the thing. I'm not going to lie. I um, do it once a he day. Did have, he had a great <laughs> season in the complex league. Um, 39 games. He hit 349. More walks than Ks. Um, not really showing any power yet. Um, kind of one of those rare instances where the slugging percentage is actually lower than his on-base percentage. So, I mean, it says two things. Um, he can take a walk. He's finding ways to get on base, but he didn't flash any power. Um, but his brother's got it by, you know, the boat full. So, you know, the the nepotism hope is that, you know, oh, maybe he'll have the same as his brother. Um, he had 19 steals. So this could be a situation where it's kind of Luis Angel to Ronald, you know, Jason to Jackson, um, you know, maybe a lesser version but still, you know, looking at a potential, you know, top 100 prospect this time next year um, could offer some somebody a good opportunity in the big leagues, you know, two, three years. Um, the hit tools there. That's a good start. Yeah. And you know what? His pricing has been pretty steady. He's about $40 in August, about $40 today. He's already kind of because this release has had a full year to cycle. A lot of the pricing has already stabilized. So, you know, there's not as many big fluctuations mm -hmm. here. Um, and you know, pretty solid buy if you're a Guardians fan or you're excited about him. You think it might be something to it. Uh, pretty easy buy in there. Uh, Rockies have a bunch of guys with some pretty easy buy ins that look pretty exciting in terms of price. Who's this? Uh, who's this one you got written down here, Philip? 
Well, and, and you know, I just want to hit one more point on Cheerio before we move on. Um, last time the Indians traded a guy out of rookie ball that, that tore it up. Um, you know, he wound up in a bunch of top five prospect rankings, you know, by the end of the next season. So not saying this guy's got Caminero trajectory, but you know, you never know. Um, for 40 bucks, might grab a Cheerio. Are you telling me to go out and become the Jason Cheerio guy? Mm. Mm. Maybe the next guy. I don't know. Or maybe the guy after the next guy. If the Rays trade for him, there I'm going to immediately, I'm going all in, bro. Yeah, I'm exactly. selling it all. I'm selling it all and then I'm buying it all. Yeah. Perfect. But yeah, um, you kind of segue there before we went back. Um, but Jan Kiel Fernandez, um, another big name from the 2022 release. Uh, Cuban prospect, uh, 20 years old, Cuban B. You know, so he's... Ah, uh, yes. Cuban B. There you go. <laughs> um, this guy, um, number two prospect on the Rockies system, uh, right behind Adele Amador, uh, rose three levels this year. Um, played a little bit in a ball, more of a rehab thing. So I guess it's kind of count, kind of counts, kind of doesn't. Uh, but wound up in Double A um, when he was in High A. Um, just tore the cover off the ball. Tons of home runs by midseason. Earned him a trip to the uh, the Future Stars game. You know, put on some shows in batting practice hit 319 this last year but lots of swing and miss um you know if you can kind of fine-tune it a little bit you know bring the numbers down a little bit you know in the big leagues we're always willing to accept some strikeouts but he's kind of got you know a jorge Soler profile i mean and not to kind of go cheap and you know this is countrymen but that's what it's looking like corner outfield big time power you know decent contact but still some strikeouts in there Sounds sounds to me like you're racially profiling Cubans as power hitting corner outfielders, sir. Yes, Cuban B. Ah, uh, yes, Cuban B. Uh, I like Yankee uh, again. Big lanky guy hits hits a lot of balls really really hard. Runs really fast. Um, that's a good profile, and and I think the Rockies have a pretty. I'm pretty excited about this next crop of Rockies prospects uh, coming up with him and Diane Jorge and you know a couple of the other guys that they've got. Even Adele Amador, you know, you talk about maybe Benny Montgomery has a bounce back. They've got a lot of guys there. They've been drafting high for, you know, the last 25 years. Eventually, yeah. it's going to pay off. Uh, Fernandez, first Bowman Chrome model, 35 bucks. Another guy, pricing yeah. is pretty much stabilized. That's what it costs. That's what it does cost. That's probably about what it's going to cost until he does something, you know, significant or starts being horrible. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at kind of a, a low cost, like speculative, you know, midseason call up, I mean, this could be a guy right here. Um, had a again a great high A, um, struggled a little bit in double A, but if he comes out and you know is showing improved contact, uh, but still the same power and hit tool, you know, they don't really even need to throw him in triple A to know that the ball is going to fly there. Um, so they might just jump him. I mean, they, you know, we saw what they did with Hunter Goodman last year, tore up double A. Um, a couple weeks in AAA just to kind of prove it wasn't a fluke and face some better pitching. Next thing you know, he's, you know, playing his games in Denver um, mm -hmm. for the Rockies. So they're not shy. You know, they've, they don't really have much at the big leagues keeping them away. So Brenton Doyle, I guess, you know, if you want to figure out who he is, the gold glove center fielder that I hadn't even heard of. Um, no, nah, man, I'm, uh, you, you got me stumped. Yeah. I mean, that's the guy wins the gold glove and I had no idea who he is. The guy's got a gold glove, Phil. Pay him his respect. Yeah. Well, here's another one where I made a mistake, man. I think I sold too soon. Uh, there wasn't a lot to go off of on this guy, as is often the case with these international prospects. Mm -hmm. um, so I pulled a, 
I think I had a first Bowman Chrome Gold at a 50. And I think we talked about it. I think I had a Mojo Auto. I had a Blue at uh, a 150. I've, I've pulled some heat from this guy, yeah. all from those Bowman Chrome boxes I was telling you about from last summer. So tell me about Ricardo Cabrera. Yeah, man. Uh, kind of one of the bonus babies, you know, featured in last season. Um, you know, if you're into breaks, you know, on Bowman Chrome, you're definitely looking at the Reds as having some guys. And he's kind of the, the big reason why. Um, tore it up in Complex League and Single A, hit 346 this last year. 24 steals, 16 extra base hits, um, you know, for a 25% K rate, you know, not great, not terrible. Um, he's going to be 18 years old to start next season. So, you know, he's, he's young, he's, he's performing. So we'll see how he does, um, you know, but a big performance could push him up prospects list pretty quickly, especially if he makes it to double A by then. Um, or he's a trade ship, you know, I mean, the, the Reds have a lot of infielders, so they need pitching. But I'm sure there's a team out there with a pitcher that would love to take a shot, you know, on a guy like Cabrera, you know, say Dylan Cease, the White Sox. They could use guys like that. Well, if you want to take a shot on a guy like Cabrera, his first Bowman Chrome models are anywhere from 16 to 30 bucks. It's a little bit of a range. Um, so, you know, that's a situation where when you do your eBay search and you're trying to pick out which one you want. I'm hoping that you don't just click on the first one that pops up in the search results and buy it. Scroll around a little bit, sort them a little bit, look at your photos, try to find one that doesn't look like somebody ran it over with a John Deere tractor. And uh, there might be a nice little deal to be had there with Cabrera. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, I'm still waiting on a redemption of his from that set. I might have to reach out to Tops. I mean, it's been a year and I think people have gotten their cards, but mine's still sitting there. Um, hasn't chipped out yet. At one point, I did click um, request sub and then went back a month later and saw his numbers. I was able to get a hold of Tops and have them reverse that. So I could still get the Cabrera card instead of, you know, whatever junk they wanted to send me as a sub. Nice, nice. Yeah. Move. So nice kind of looking forward to that. Um, but, you know, good reminder maybe to follow up with them. I had a pending sub for a, a, a redemption for an Eric Hernandez auto a base and I already requested the sub, but it's been sitting at request sub for like six months. Um, also quick update. And I know I told you about this speaking of submissions, but I finally got results on Jordan Walker after 79 business days for that in-person red ink auto that you uh, so graciously traded me uh, came back a PSA nine. And the auto was of course authentic and graded a 10. So uh nice little nine ten SSA. situation. Yeah, that should have been an eleven on that auto grade. <laughs> oh my god, it's perfect. It's perfectly centered. It's a red ink, but it's it's not just a pen, it's like a fat paint pen. So the auto is fills up a big chunk of the cards. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Uh that one won't be for, for sale never for no. uh no amount of money. That's mine. So uh too bad. Uh, can, I think I've I seen a couple other on eBay. Can I ask a dangerous hypothetical question? Oh yeah, let's hear it. Uh, so if a guy like that ever like left the team and signed with the Cubs, would you be emptying out the collection or would you still hold on to it? Because, hey, this is a, a guy that I like for a time in my life and he came up and this is a cool card. If so. OK, so let's get real hypothetical with this. So are we saying like he has 10 years with the Cardinals like Albert Pujols did before he left for the Angels? Or no, I mean, you know, even just Jason Hayward leaving the Braves type of situation. Yeah, like, you know, got through his first six years, did all the arbitration battles and then tested the market because he's pot shit and, you know, worth the money. 
I mean, if he's on like a Hall of Fame trajectory, I'd probably sell it all and hold one. Yeah, makes but sense. If he was a dick on the way out the door, <laughs> I might I might be liable to burn some of it. I'm. You should have seen uh, my Twitter back when Pujols left the Cardinals. Mm. Suffice to say, I was a very very angry man in my twenties. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I I lived through you know Griffey wanting to get traded out. I lived through Alex you know taking the money and walking away from Seattle. I I lived through you know having to trade away Randy Johnson. I get it. You know some of these hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's no fun, but uh, but yeah, you know, we move on and we we uh, we progress, right? Yeah, totally. You know, it's somebody's uh, one man's treasure is another man's treasure. They say. All right, the mailbag is stuffed to the gills, Philly. I know what Santa Claus feels like now, carrying around that big old sack, man. Yeah, I know. Never mind. I'll let that one go. Uh, you have fun out there with that one, everybody. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, CP makes my man. He says, I'm still catching up on some of the older tool time episodes. I hope you got some time on your hand, my man. Uh, so I don't know if this was already discussed. What are your favorite resources for compiling your list of players to chase each year? Do you have any key metrics that drive hoarding certain players before they're called as you move into a new year? What's your strategy while approaching a new Bowman release day? Buy boxes, cases, and immediately list all the players not on your list. Or hold them all back and wait for their calls to catch the tidal wave. I listened to the first tool time this week, so I'm still just in my prospects in infancy. Well, why don't you go ahead and tackle world. some of that? Well, happy to have you here. Um, if you've made it this far and you're listening to this, then uh, you're a psycho degenerate and you had way too much time on your hands, but we love you anyway. You're um, in good company. Exactly. So, you know, resources we're looking at, um, man. You know, start with some prospect lists, Um, you know, whether it's your team and you wanted to start gathering up guys or you're looking at, you know, major publications, top 100, um, you're generally going to find, you know, a pretty fair consensus and kind of from those lists, those are going to drive hype and pricing. Um, You know, if Jackson Holiday was rated number 70, his cards wouldn't be that high. Um, But, you know, the lists help drive prices a little bit. They drive, you know, the hype. Um, So start there. Um, as far as stats that we look at, for me, you know, important things are, um, you know, exit velo. Is this guy going to hit the ball hard? At the end of the day, like, I love slap hitters. And I love watching guys like Luis Arias. But, you know, you want the power hitters. The, the power players are going to be the ones that draw the big money. Um, so exit velos, looking at K to, to walk rates, you know, that's a good indicator of, like, success, being able to control the zone. If a guy's striking out 30, 40% of the time, he's probably not going to have a very successful long career in the bigs. Any numbers you look at, TJ? When I'm looking at numbers, I look, and, and again, I'm a fan of my old school numbers. I like my old school stats, my original counting stats. So I look at, uh, I'm looking at age, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at what level of ball they're playing at. I am looking at K rates. I'm looking at batting average. I'm looking at home runs, and I'm looking at strikeouts specifically yeah. uh, versus the walks, right? I'm not so, you know, it's cool if somebody wants to break it down and tell me this guy walks 15% of the time and strikes out 22% of the time, but I can just take a quick look at at-bats. You know what I mean? The guy's got 275 at-bats. He struck out 125 times. Holy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, you know, red flags all over the field. It's going to be an issue. So those are the main numbers I'm looking at. Um, regarding resources, you know, sometimes and this is brutally simple and rudimentary but google a guy's name 
Simple as that. And then underneath the results, you'll get the MLB, you know, uh, information. You will get, you know, all the fan graphs and everybody's going to pop up. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff's behind a paywall and some of it's not. But you'll also get news articles or maybe, you know, the team that this kid's a prospect on, Jackson Holiday, for example. Maybe the local, you know, Baltimore paper did a nice write-up about it. And it's fun to just kind of gather as much information as possible. I don't go to any one specific source. I go to all of the sources all of the time about one specific piece of information. So, you know, it's it's impossible to me to just sit down and research an entire checklist and try to sort through all these guys and decide who's going to be who. I don't work for the Major League Baseball teams. I'm not getting paid for that. I don't have that kind of time. I got two other companies I work for full-time that are actually, you know, paying me to do shit. So, um, I'll pick guys, you know what I'm saying? And, and whatever my reasoning is, maybe I pulled that card in a pack and I'm really, really interested in this guy. Maybe he plays for a team that I'm interested in. Maybe I heard about him or, you know, I was interested in him when he got drafted, whatever the case may be. So I pick a couple spots and just go really hard on those. Sometimes I'm right. And sometimes, you know, it's Eric Hernandez, but, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's my, my looking strategy. Well, and, you know, kind of piggyback off of you with the, um, you know, old school stats, so to speak. Don't be afraid to, you know, trust your eyes. I mean, if you can go find clips of these guys hitting, you know, if you see them you know, kind of doing interviews and they've got that swagger to them that just screams star potential, you know, invest in it. You know, trust yourself a little bit. You know, if you're a baseball fan, pick up guys you like, guys you think, oh, man, that's, that swing's going to play right there. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, some heralded prospect. Maybe you see something somebody doesn't. Um, it's collecting. You know, if you're doing it to make money, like, good luck. Um, but, you know, we kind of talk about it like maybe we keep one junior Caminero this year because, hey, this is a fun year of collecting junior Caminero, talking about him. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was the roller coaster. So don't forget, you know, it is a hobby at the end of the day. Um, you know, keep something for yourself and, and trust your own, trust your eyes a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And then to go to your, you know, what's your approach on a new Bowman release? I think we touched on this a bit, but just to briefly summarize, um, again, if you're quote unquote trying to make money, as Philly said, man, good luck. But if if that's what you're going to do, you better do it the right way. So uh, buy your boxes as soon, as quickly, as nearest to the release date as humanly possible. And just a word of advice, if you listen to the podcast, you'll find out that pre-ordering them from tops often does not guarantee that they will be in your hands as quickly as possible. So uh, from what I understand, blowout, Dhaka Car World, places mm-hmm. like that, your local LCS, oftentimes will have these things in hand for you to go pick up a hell of a lot quicker than tops will get them shipped to you and God help you if they put it on a train at any point in time. So get these boxes in your hand and rip them as quickly as possible. And when you've done that, if there's anything you don't want to keep, List that shit promptly, quick and in a hurry, because those first three to 10 days after release date is the highest those values will ever be for 99% of those cards. Get them on eBay, get them sold, get them out of your house immediately. On the other side of that coin, if you're just trying to collect and you're like, hey, you know what? I really like Sebastian Walcott. He's my favorite player. We went to the same high school together. My mom used to babysit his sister, whatever the case may be. Wait, 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 wait wait as long as you possibly can. Don't rush out to the singles market and God help you. Don't go buy boxes trying to pull cards of a specific player. It's never going to happen. Buy that card individually. So uh, timing is the name of the game, man. It's all about timing. So sell as quickly 
uh, as close to release as possible. If you end up holding stuff past then, now you're playing the weight in game and you're doing, it's kind of like day trading stocks. You got to wait for moves in the market. And those moves are things that happen on the field. So fortunately right now, nothing happening on the field. So there's no moves in the market except bad ones. How do you feel about, you know, there's always maybe a little bit of a push to grade some of those big hits early on, um, you know, and I think that turns people to like SGC to get that quick turnaround. You know, I, I listened to sports card nonsense for a while and their thing was always, you know, you it's, it's, it is a race. Um, you want to be the first out there with, you know, the, the graded 10, the graded nine and a half on these rare cards. How do you mm-hmm. feel about that? I mean, do you think SGC is, is worth that rush right off the bat or I mean, it's case well, by case. Uh, sports card nonsense is exclusively sponsored by SGC, full disclosure. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, I went hard on Bowman Chrome SGC slabs last year. I think I graded upwards of 50 cards with them. And a buddy of mine on Reddit, uh, shout out to my my, my man, uh, Fly for a White Guy Fieri. He, mm-hmm. uh, he sent a, an equal number of Bowman Chrome. And we're in the same boat, bro. Nobody wants modern cards in an SGC slab. Unless you really like SGC slabs, your Bowman collectors want their Bowman in a PSA slab. So yeah. uh, just take a card that maybe it's $100 raw, right? Not graded, uncooked, right? Uncooked. It's worth 100 bucks. Let's say found in Celestin, for example. Go throw that in an SGC slab and it gets a 10. You might sell it for 125 to 150 yeah. 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 Put it in a PSA 10, it's worth 325 350 but you got yeah. And and there's even instances where the ungraded card is going to be worth more than the SGC 10. People just don't want it. Fight me, tell me I'm wrong, whatever. That's fine. So, but you know, to their argument, nobody gets your cards back faster to you than SGC. PSA don't touch SGC in terms of return time. PSA sucks in terms of re- return time. SGC customer service, submission process, uh, look of the slab, uh, everything else you want. SGC murders PSA. Everything PSA for the pricing, you know. That's the only thing is is resale value. PSA wins, and I'm sorry, but um, that's the only thing that matters to me, sir. That's the only thing I'm concerned about when I'm reselling cards is I'm trying to rub two pennies together and turn them into a nickel. And PSA gives you that Midas touch to allow you to do that. SGC lets you run two pennies together and you come out with you know, scratched up pennies. So uh, it's, you know, it's just, you know, my experience, take it how you want. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, send your cards to SGC, come back and let me know how it go. Yeah. I mean, same here. You know, I always fall victim to the $9 grading specials and, you know, what I think they're worth and what they actually sell for uh, does not align usually. So, you know, kind of temper expectations. Great for PCs if you love the, the look on it, but yeah, for, for getting that quick early sale. I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, and SGC is perfect for vintage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in my opinion, all vintage should be in SGC slabs. I mean, it's fine in PSA, but I think uh, I think SGC is the way to go for vintage. And then also, I like all my 90s cards, my early 2000s, because I wouldn't call them vintage, but it's just got more of that old-timey classic kind really? of feel. And uh, I think in a lot of cases, you'll find that SGC grades more consistently, more fairly than PSA. Which is good and bad. And they also, you know, and I I could be wrong about this, but I think they're like vintage experts. Like that's preferred, you know, among among the vintage heads who I'm sure 
there's so many of those guys listening to this podcast. But among <laughs> the vintage heads, I think, you know, they prefer their SGC stuff. So, yeah, that seems um, to be the, the consensus. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm debating still on that Pete Rose my dad gave me to send it off to PSA or SGC, get it auto. Like, it's going to look so good either way, but I don't know what to do. Still stuck on it. I know we talked about that at length, but yeah, I, you know, I don't want to shit on SGC. I don't, but you know, for modern cards, particularly Bowman, it's, it's just, there's no market for it, man. And, and, you know, if you come tell me I'm wrong, you show me a SGC yeah. 10 that comps at or above a PSA 10. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I mean, just to give a broad example, if you hit like a out of 25 Wyatt Langford auto out of Bowman draft, you know, don't send that to SGC for the quick grade, send it to PSA and get the big turnaround grade. You're going to make your money back quickly. You're going to, you know, pay a little bit to get it graded because it's such a high value card, but it's going to be worth a lot. Yeah. And they can get, you know, they've got three day, five day, 10 day turnarounds. And I'm sure they honor that, you know, within reason, Um, you know, SGC that, you know, for nine bucks or 15 bucks or whatever it is, they'll get you your cards back in 10 days. You know, no matter who you are or what the cards are, and they're not going to upcharge you. Option now too. Like, I think it's like one to three day turnaround. See, that's just stupid. I mean, in the best way possible. So, you know, if I uh, was super into SGC slabs, I'd send a whole damn PC in there. Right. But, <laughs> you know, maybe we should do an example, man, or, you know, an experiment or something like that and, and try it out. Just you know, uh, send off to SGC. card and see, yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. And I would argue that, that that first to market premium you get is still washed out by the PSA premium. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I just don't see it. But in either case, I didn't mean to get off on a big old grading tangent over here. Hey, but, you know, it's it's part of the story, you know, when it comes to, you know, release day and, you know, whether to wait, whether to sell. I mean, yeah, but we advocate sell it early. You never know what's going to happen. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So, uh, Justy, how deep do you go on Paul Skennis, Pablo? Uh, just what I pull from draft packs or wait and worth watching the prices? What you think, Philly? Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about this on the Discord. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of depends on the situation, right? Um, you know, Paul Skeens could be the next Jacob deGrom in terms of, you know, hobby hype and value. Um, you know, before he was hurt, people are all still paying, you know, good money for his rookie cards, his first Bowman. Um, so if you had him, if you had a guy like Verlander, you know, and hung on to his rookie cards, I mean, they've gone up really well, especially if you got some graded. Um, so... You know, I think Justy is a Pirates fan. Um, so in that sense, go grab some. Um, you know, we're kind of so-so on buying packs and boxes. You know, get a nice single or two that you really like early on. Um, he's going to be a rookie card guy soon enough. So just get stuff you like. But, you know, be prepared for the eventuality in that market that, you know, a guy could move on pretty quickly. I mean, we saw, you know, Pittsburgh doesn't really want to pay guys top dollar. You know, if he's as good as everybody says he is after six, seven years, he might be out of there. And so how much are you going to, you know, regret it if he goes to play for, you know, the Mets and you're sitting on a bunch of Pirates Paul Skeens cards? Yeah, uh, Justy, you know, I have a philosophy and it's it's evolved over time. So let me just throw out a couple names to you really quick. Uh, Shelby Miller, Michael Walker, Alex Reyes, Carlos Martinez. Quang Young Kim. These are all Cardinals pitchers that I was 
pumped the hell up about, man. I couldn't wait for him to hit the league. I was, you know, I thought they were going to be the guy. They got amazing pitching. You could throw Jordan Hicks on the list while we're on the subject. Um, And yeah, man, it's, I lost my ass every single time. So my strategy on pitching would be to just wait, 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 wait. I don't buy pitchers as a general rule, but you know, it's fun to uh, pick up some really nice big cards, maybe a little bit later down the line, later in their career, when the stuff is a little bit more affordable. Uh, like Philly said, I don't advocate chasing them in packs. I'd go for singles, but I would wait until that release hype weighs down. So in your particular case, to get specific, I would maybe try to buy some Paul Skeens draft singles in late January, early February uh, would be a good time to maybe pick something up. And then just kind of see how it goes. Because like Philly said, we might see him and like update or something like that before yeah. it's all said and done. So uh, exercise some patience, man. Yeah. And I mean, like if you really want something, you know, for the holidays, family coming over, you got this up on your mantle or your, your, your PC wall, whatever you do. I mean, there's some cool like stars and stripes, you know, patch autos out there. Um, there's stuff out there. It's just, you know, don't pay for release date pricing. Um watch where it goes. And like TJ said, you know, wintertime, man, just, just wait. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Rally SC. Uh, I'd be curious about your take on tops inception. I bought into a f- few breaks in 21 and always kind of like that product. And for Bowman draft, if money wasn't an issue or a priority, which would you buy the hobby light hobby jumbo, super jumbo? Uh, what are your thoughts on inception Philly? No, I mean, Inception's always got the best, you know, artwork, or at least, you know, the top of the, the pyramid, really. Um, you know, I love the Bowman Inception cards, too. Kind of the best of both worlds for me. Good looking cards, prospects, what's not to like. Um, I don't think it has like the big hobby momentum, you know, like the base Bowman and Chrome does. But at the same time, you know, they're good looking cards. I absolutely love Inception, bro. It's a top five release for me every year. Like you said, I love the design. Um, I love the thick card stock. I love that it's a $150 hobby box and it only has seven cards. I don't have a lot of crap laying around. You're going to get two autos in there. Generally speaking on card, if you're fortunate enough to hit a patch, odds are it's going to be filthy. And I don't mean like dirt on the patch. I mean, it's going to be two, three, four color. It's going to be ridiculous. I've seen some stupid, stupid stuff in Inception. This year, they have relics with a piece of the base, cut out sticker authenticated. So this is where it's got a serial number that you can look up online and it tells you what game and what day and what time that piece of that base was used. And these pieces of these bases are from the first major league hits of the big rookies in the set. So for example, Jordan Walker, a piece of first base when he got his first major league hit, those are in the set. Um, pretty cool. It's ridiculous, bro. I absolutely love Top's Inception. It's a great product. It's tough for breaks because there's a high chance you're going to get skunked, right? Because there's seven cards in a box. So even if you go to a case, 70 cards, maybe it's a couple heavy on certain teams, you might come away with nothing. Um, But it's a fun rip, bro. I'm a huge, huge fan of Inception. Two thumbs up for Inception. Yeah. What about... Yeah. yeah, What about the uh, the Bowman question? What are you buying if money's not an issue? If it's not an issue and, you know, like, here's a gift card. I mean, yeah, go for go for big, go super jumbo. I mean, just make it count. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think from the top singles, man, um, you're going to get more value ultimately than anything else. So play it smart. 
I'm, I'm full degenerate. I'm, I'm covering my wall in my house with super jumbo boxes. Give me the five autos. Give me all the chrome. Uh, give me the extra parallels. And I'm just going to put all the base into flat rate boxes, the paper base, and sell it all off and just keep all the color. Um, that would be my strategy. I don't care for the light boxes. It's a nice way to get your hands on some Bowman draft. If you're into the first paper Bowman chrome uh, papers and uh, chromes and all that black and white speckles, maybe that, a parallel if you're lucky. On the light boxes, like the black and white mini diamond type. You get thing. five of them. You get okay. five of them. So that's your guaranteed hit in the light. Um, the jumbo, I believe, is the format where you get the three autos. Hmm. And the super jumbo is the one where you get the five. I do not think there is a hobby format of this. And there is no retail format. There's no mega boxes. There's no blaster boxes or anything else. So if you want Bowman Draft, it's the light box, which generally right around one, one fifty. The hobby, which is going to be between three and five, and the jumbo, which I'm predicting between six and eight hundred, maybe as high as a thousand. Um it's a high end product, bro. It's it's a big boy product, and I think it's for the true kind of Bowman connoisseur, if you oh, will. Yeah, so, I mean, again, you know, hammering the point, like all time draft class potentially. So you know they're gonna leverage that and get every dollar they can out of you. And I'm sure they'll be. Oh, I think Tom Brady's in the set too. So we got that to contend with. Uh, so good luck, Tom Brady expert card, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, good. Good luck. All right, so my man uh, Shinjin. Maybe some general discussion on how to approach the offseason as a collector. Uh, Falco asked this here, but stuff like where, when are the minor leaguers typically priced the lowest? I think we've been beating that to death for the majority of the pod. But any other thoughts on that, Philly? No, I mean, I think, you know, January, um, there's not much in terms of publications. There's not any baseball action going on. Um, once you start getting into February, you know, you're seeing a lot of write-ups and, you know, potential rookies of the year, breakouts, and who's coming to camp, who isn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd say, honestly, now through end of January is your time. Yep, 100%. Like I said, we've been touching on it this uh, pretty much this whole episode. Uh, but once Bowman draft hits, you can expect another significant drop on a lot of the guys that we've been talking about uh, on this episode. And then everything's just going to continue to drop, man. I mean... Unfortunately, you know, and, and, and Philly, you probably know this to be the case too, but I don't think my wife is resourceful enough to get me a junior Camonero first Bowman Chrome Refractor Auto PSA 10 for Christmas. She's, that's incredibly too much information for her. So uh, yeah. baseball cards, you know, not huge gifts and stuff like that. Just us degenerates passing stuff around, right? Exactly. I mean, never know what Santa might leave under the tree, but not counting on it. Nah, not me either. So my main man, SSK417. And I'm going to give this all to you, Philly. What winter leagues should we pay attention to? How well does performance in winter ball translate to success? And can a strong winter ball showing get a promising prospect, a spring training invite, or is the winter ball too raw for that to even matter? No, I mean, working backwards, um, you know, you can definitely make a name for yourself, you know, with a strong winter league showing. Um, you know, it does earn guys, you know, invites to spring training, non-roster invitees. It's what you hear about. You know, maybe a guy shows out in Mexico or the Dominican League. Um, there's lots of opportunities out there. But, I mean, as far as ones to look at, um, there's about nine, ten leagues going on right now. Um, Australia has a baseball league. You know, it's not something that's produced a lot of superstars, but, you know, the single season stolen base record, Jake Fraley. You know, that's a guy in the bigs. Um, so talent can be found there. 
the Dominican, um, you know, there's some names we're going to know there. You know, this is guys coming home for the winter, you know, going to be close to family, but still getting that paycheck, still playing some ball. Um, it's a mix of guys on that, like, back end of their career, like Starling Castro is on there, for example. Um, when's the last time you heard him or see him do anything, you know, big, but, you know, has a strong some or has a strong winter league, you know, maybe he winds up in a camp fighting for a spot or, you know, gets a triple A contract with potential to come up. Um, and there's also guys that are on the cusp kind of with like the Arizona fall league where they want some more reps. Um, Alexander Canario, you know, one guy, uh, for the Cubs, uh, this guy, junior Caminero is there hitting three fifty three in eight games. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to see a, a mix of guys there. They take it seriously. Okay. Okay. And then down in, uh, you know, Venezuela, they got one, another one of our guys. I mean, Jackson Churio's tearing it up, hitting three fifty nine. Um, these are, you know, pros, prospects, old vets, um, just trying to put together a league. Um, you know, it makes for exciting times for the local fans. They get to enjoy, you know, some of the talent they produced. And then it all kind of builds towards the uh, Caribbean World Series. So if you haven't watched that yet, um, it's maybe the best like micro version of the World Baseball Classic. Um, you know, in a true World Series sense, you're getting the teams from each of the best, each team, each best team from the leagues um, kind of fighting it out in a tournament. Started it back in 1949. Um, it's really to determine the best overall. The first couple of years, first decade almost, uh, Cuba was like unanimous winner. Castro gets rid of baseball um, on the national level and other teams start coming in. Um, you know, it's it's so impassioned, though. I mean, these guys are fighting for their flag, for their country, you know, to represent the people. You can find those games usually on ESPN Plus. Um, so that is a good opportunity to kind of watch some Winter League ball once the Caribbean World Series starts, like in January. The cool thing is, though, they're moving it to Miami uh, next year. So they're trying to build it up a little bit more, get a little bit more spotlight, you know, in the baseball world. Um, but, you know, they saw the success of the World Baseball Classic and they figured, yeah, maybe more more press for t- situations like this where these countries are fighting it out. I think Yachty was managing uh, one of the teams for the Caribbean World Series last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was Puerto Rico or whatever, just to kind of get them going. And I know he was managing in Venezuela. So like you said, man, a lot of cool stuff going on down there. You'll see some some new guys, some old guys, um, just a little bit of everything. And I really, you know, man, it's fun to watch the KBO. It's fun to watch a lot mm-hmm. of these kind of ancillary leagues, these, you know, overseas leagues. It's uh a lot of interesting stuff going on over there. So thanks for yeah, the breakdown, I mean, man. You know, hopefully someday, you know, MLB will go galaxy brain and sign all these guys into their programming. And, you know, we can watch baseball 365 because there's leagues going on everywhere. Um, not the case yet. Kind of hard to come by for the video highlights, like I said, until the Caribbean series. Um, but they're out there. You know, you're going to find some highlights. You, you know, Junior Caminero hits one 480. I'm sure it'll wind up on the Internet. Yeah, you got it. You better believe it. You better believe it. All right. So my main man, Jesse, uh, he says, with the hot stove starting, who do you think are the most likely prospects to get moved? Mm. Speculative, speculative. Totally. I mean, this is, you know, playing uh, some combination of MLB The Show, wish casting, and, you know, just if I was GM. Um, So Baltimore, you know, they've got a glut of prospects. Um, Joey Ortiz. Colton Kowser, Heston Kirstad, you know, they're, they're maybe they don't need all of them. Um, they're set at infield. So Ortiz can go Kowser or Kirstad, maybe pick one, send the other one off with a vet like Anthony Santander. 
they need pitching, man. So does two prospects and Santander, you know, does that, does that make it enough for a guy like Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Tyler Glass now? Um, you know, Tampa's probably not going to trade in the division, but at the same time, you know, if they put enough good prospects in front of them, they might. Um, you know, they're smart enough to realize a good deal. So that would be my guess for Baltimore. Um, the Reds, again, kind of similar situation. Like, they need pitching. Their offense is pretty well primed. Um, you know, we saw Noel B. Marte come up. So, you know, he's already been traded over from the Mariners. Hate to throw the guy in another trade and upend him again. But does a guy like Marte or Sal Stewart or, you know, one of their fireballers like Chase Petty, you know, these prospects, again, does that turn into, a, you know, a top-level pitcher? Like, I could see them swapping with Tampa again, you know, for Glass now. They're looking to cut salary. Um, you know, we know Milwaukee is, so Burns is probably gone. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, the Dodgers, they're always on the move. Um, they're always looking to upgrade. You know, I think a lot there is going to depend on what happens with Shohei. You know, if um, if the Dodgers land him, you know, it's kind of the odds-on favorite, you know, based on nothing other than it's the Dodgers and they have money. Are they going to go make a move for a guy like Willie Adamas or Devin Williams for the Brewers? Um, you know, and they have some chips to send back, you know, Michael Bush, you know, great season at triple a power hitter. He just needs playing time in the bigs. Um, you know, but a young controllable asset like that, you know, Milwaukee would love that that can produce too. Um, they've got pitchers, you know, coming out the ass. I mean, river Ryan, Landon Knack, you know, these are guys, you know, behind Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, like they've got depth to trade with. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm thinking there. Um, you know, I, it wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about the Mariners a little bit. Um, so, you know, again, we've got some starting depth. I think it's maybe a little over-exaggerated looking at, like, the prospect list, how much starting depth there is, because there's not really anything coming behind that. Um, but you got these guys that made their debut this year, like Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, Emerson Hancock. Um, you can even throw, you know, Logan Gilbert and George Kirby in the mix. Those two hopefully aren't going anywhere. But never say never with Trader Jerry. Um you know, I don't know. Do they take a swing, you know, with one of the one or two of those pitchers and some, you know, blue chip prospects and go after Pete Alonso? I mean, they need a bat. They need a bat that can make contact, though. Maybe you know a little less of a price for getting an outfielder like Santander. Um, they moved off of Teoscar, so they got to plug that hole somewhere. Um, I think the Mariners will do something. It's just a matter of you know how big of a swing do they take. What do you think about Soto, man? Is he moving? I think Soto's uh, almost certainly going to move. And, you know, looking at, uh, you know, all of these these teams that you're talking about, I kind of look at it in a similar vein, you know, to answer Jesse's question. It's tough to speculate specifically which prospects are going to get moved, but it's a little easier to talk about which teams are probably in line mm-hmm. to move some prospects. So I would agree with you. Baltimore is probably coming up off of uh, – off of some of those kids, Cincinnati's probably letting a couple of kids go. I think the Cardinals make some moves, yep. um, you know, with, with some of their guys. Um, the Mariners certainly are going to move a couple of pieces around. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, somebody maybe like the Rangers. Do they package up a couple of these big bats? Because, I mean, you know, they're going to need to replenish that rotation. Yeah. But a lot of these big prospects coming up seem to be carrying bats and not pitching gloves. You know what I mean? So – um, it should yeah. be interesting. Jack Leiter is a lottery ticket at best. I mean, when he can figure it out. So, I mean, they don't have anything right. strong. I mean, Brock Porter's three, four years away. So that's, you think, 
Kumar Rocker shoring up that rotation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't count on Max. DeGrom, we know, is not going to be there. Um, Jordan Montgomery's a free agent, and he's going to you know get paid after that run. So, I mean, you got Eovaldi and whatever else. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see a lot there, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, man. Hot stove is one of my favorite times of the year oh, yeah. uh, in terms, in terms of Soto. Um, I mean, they've made a public intention to cut costs, right? Yeah. And so thinking about when they trade them. So I look to see what they gave up to get them. <laughs> right. So, so here's the names really quick. You got CJ Abrams, who was uh, the Padres' number one prospect, number nine prospect in all of baseball you know, the at the time. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. You got a left-hand pitching, uh, Mackenzie Gore, who was their number four prospect at mm-hmm. the time in San Diego's system. Robert Hassel III, who was uh, you know their, their uh, top prospect at the time of the trade, and the number one 21 prospect, number 21 prospect overall in baseball. They also gave up James Wood, their number three, who is the number 88, also top 100 prospect. And then pitching prospect, Jarlon Susanna, no slouch, their number 14 prospect at the time. And then Luke Voigt, who, you know, was just a throw in at that point in time. So you're talking five established prospects, many of which who were top 100 or on the cusp of and uh, even a top 10 prospect. So there's no way they get anything close to that back in return at this point. No, and I mean, like, there's no doubting how amazing Soto is. It's just more of a matter of, like, there's only one control, but you're left on the contract. So, you know, you're you're trading, hoping for a shot to maybe resign him, or you're just making a one-year run. Um, so, you know, I mean, everybody wants to throw the Yankees as a possibility. Could see it. I mean, they need they need to rebuild. They need to get Judge some help. Um, you know, if they go out and sign Yamamoto, get another pitcher, like a Snell, and then trade for Soto you know, they might be back in contention pretty quickly. Um, so is giving up something like Spencer Jones, Chase Hampton, a couple of their young pitchers, is that enough to get it done? You know, it's not the package that San Diego sent out, but they're crazy to think they're going to get that much back. Um, you know, a red, the Red Sox are another one of those big market teams where it's, you know, we underperformed last year. We need to get better. Get rid of our GM. Uh, we're retooling. Marcelo Meyer had a down year. Uh, Miguel Blaise. Uh, Sedan Rafaela made a big league debut and looked good. So, you know, are the Padres going to be happy with some, you know, prospects and a big league ready batter too? I don't know. Um, you know, it's hard to say, but again, they're not going to get Abrams, Wood, and everybody else back. So they're going to want to get something. And I think at this point, uh, if I'm San Diego, I am holding Soto and seeing how the season goes and the potentially dealing them at the deadline, if that's what it comes down to. Because at this point, uh, you might be better off, you know, keeping him till the end of the year, giving that run it back one more time with that lineup that everybody was so pumped up about 10 mm-hmm. months ago. Um, and, you know, give him a qualifying offer, take the compensatory pick. Because uh, the, the return guy, trade yeah. is going to be, yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's hot and the Padres are trash, you might be able to get a decent return at the deadline. But if he's how he's kind of looked the last two years, which is great, but not like, you know, not transcendent necessarily, but $500 million contract. I mean, let's be honest. He's played himself out of a couple hundred million dollars here pretty recently. Um, So he's going to probably try to show out this year. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Contract year coming. So hopefully, you know, he takes the next step. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, unless there's a, you know, offer that blows you away of, you know, again, wish casting a little bit of, you know, the Mariners throw two ready pitchers and, you know, three or four minor leaguers and, you know, come close to matching what they gave up to get them. You know, I don't think they say no. Um, you know, it, it's it's just t- tough to see what's going to go their way. Absolutely. All right. I got I got uh, the last question in the mailbag for you. It's from uh, another one from my man, Rally SC. And uh, I know you got some feelings on this. I have a really, really blunt, simple, to-the-point answer. So I'm going to let you go first and uh, just break it down for me a little bit. So Anthony Volpe, rookie uh, rookie shortstop for the New York Yankees, correct? Yep. Won, won a gold glove this year. How did that mm-hmm. happen? Well, you know, he was in the top of the league in errors. So clearly that didn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's some people that say the advanced metrics, you know, showed he had a great, great range, played the position well, but let's be honest, man. It's an East coast, New York bias. That's all it is. I'll take it. A, I'll take it a step further. Are you ready? This is going to be very, uh, deep and insightful. I got, I got two words, Derek Jeter. Yep. <laughs> I don't care to elaborate on that. Take from that what you will, but uh, it's it's that's it. The, it's the, brain, the brain sees what the brain wants to see sometimes out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he starts giving Mariah Carey a gift basket or something like that, then we could talk about it. But you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think she is coming out of hibernation in a week or two. Drug induced coma. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Christmas time, man. It's almost there. Nonstop, Mariah. <laughs> Man, that woman has made more money off of that song than you or I will ever see in our entire no lifetime. No kidding. All what? right, man. We got anything else today, Phil? Man, is that the mailbag? I think that's a wrap, my man. Right. I see the bottom of it. I see daylight. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I I guess, you know, for all you out there, you know, we're still waiting for full confirmation on, you know, Bowman Draft, uh, when it's going to drop. But rest assured, probably, you know, a couple of days before, you know, depending on when we get the checklist, we're going to break it down big for you guys. Um, so we might not be back on tool time for a couple weeks, but definitely by, you know, Bowman draft release day, you're going to hear from us again. And, you know, maybe we'll even do another episode after that and kind of follow up and, you know, do a little bit of that pricing walkthrough and, you know, where things were, where things are, where things are headed um, and maybe break down some other stuff. Absolutely. So uh, I think we'll uh, have another EFIS coming up. Uh, next week should be at his regular scheduled EFIS time, date and place and whatnot. But uh, real quick, shout out to the Discord, you degenerate bastards. Also, uh, shout out to the Baseball Cards subreddit. Uh, you guys are great. Uh, appreciate all y'all. Make sure to check me out, TJ the Yachty Guy, across all social media platforms. Uh, shoot me a DM. Happy to answer questions or, you know, show you some pictures or lead you in a direction or just chat about cards or whatever. That's what we like to do. Uh, Philly, you're the man, bro. Appreciate you putting together another banger episode. Looks like we're going to go about two hours, 10 minutes. So not quite Lord of the Rings territory, but uh, definitely like Quentin Tarantino territory. Yeah. I mean, enough to tell a story, you know, but not enough to, uh, you know, need you to get up and take a pee break, hopefully in the middle of the episode or intermission to go to the lobby. But yeah, not yeah, like a yeah. like an eighty seven minute slapstick comedy one. Yeah, of those. I mean, yeah. you know, when that Bowman draft episode drops, I mean, to be honest, man, that might push four hours, or we might might split it up because there's so much more information about these guys. You know, you thought yeah. the Chrome episode was long. There's such limited information. I mean, draft guys, we're gonna break down, dude. 
AOSSK, I, I know you're listening to this, bro. So this is just for me to you. Is there any chance we could get, uh, you know, the Godfather trilogy as a unit of measurement in addition to or as opposed to the Lord of the Rings? I feel like the runtime on those has got to be sufficient enough to use as a measuring stick. I mean, Philly, I, I don't know, you know. What yeah, I mean, this is more like Star Wars movie range. You know, like I said, two hours, you can tell a story, but it's not the the sprawling epics. That's for sure. Yeah, see, Godfather Two ran three hours twenty two minutes. Why are we not using that, bro? Mm. I mean, let's 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 uh, you know maybe incorporate you know some some of that kind of stuff in there. Maybe get some and a solid three hours and twenty something minutes too. I mean, that's um. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go watch it right now. The wife's <laughs> gonna all... hate me. There goes the whole <laughs> damn day. But uh, appreciate you guys, man. We'll we'll talk to you real quick on the next Ephus episode. Uh, Philly, you got anything else for him, brother? Can I come to the next episode? We might have something special cooking up. We might have some stuff given away. We might have uh, some different type of stuff going on. I think it's going to be really interesting. And I'm sitting here looking at like a whole stack of EFIS baseball card podcast stickers. I got to figure out a reason or a way to give those away. I think on the last episode, I promised to give away some packs and some slabs. Some of those SGC slabs I keep speaking so highly of. And uh, I think Bobby's giving away a big Junior Caminero PSA. Yeah, we got something or other too. Maybe I'll uh, bring something too. Why not? You know, it's it's the holidays, and I know we're going to talk about doing a little Secret Santa for the Discord and have some fun there. But you know, it's kind of what it's all about, man. All right, so here's here's a fun one. I'm I'm just in the spur of the moment. If you're still listening to this, when you hear this episode, first person to go to my Instagram page. And just like my latest post. I don't even care what the post is. And just put a comment and just say tool time. I'll, I'll send you a prize. It's going to be dope too. Minimum $25 value. Just send me a comment tool time on any any Instagram post. And first one gets it. Love it. All right, Philly, on that note. Y'all need anything else? We'll, uh, we'll be around. Take it easy. Good talking to y'all. Philly, appreciate you, bro. Thanks, TJ. Always a great time. Later, guys.